Previously, our heroes met with a pack of werewolves east of Lonsaddle. Their goal? To assist them in pushing back a drow scouting party. Developing a plan with the werewolf leaders, Captain Scourge and Glare, her right-hand man, Nyx, Thrym, Harkle, and Fang, a small scout within the werewolf community, headed to the entrance that the drow came from. Upon wanting to get a closer look, Fang began to draw the drow's attention towards the cave entrance, provoking a hailstorm of crossbow bolts to assault him, all while the others got close and discovered an illusion on the other side of the jutting mound on the surface. After swiftly retreating, the gang headed back for some rest and to share their discovery. Early in the morning, Captain Scourge had assembled her kin to provide a heady distraction at the entrance, while Nick Sturm and Harkle invaded from the back, searching for the catalyst that would thwart the drow's plans. Disbelieving the illusion and venturing inside, they exploited the soil-shifted landscape and delved further in. To their left, the main group of drow were clashing with the werewolves, leaving the way forward to be clear. After skirmishing with a few soldiers who proved to be no match, they continued on until they found a rocky entrance deeper in. Rushing from that hole was a massive Sirlon digger, a worm-like creature with appendages used to dig through solid rock and to assault its enemies. Shortly after the battle started, a priestess of Lolth emerged from the hole, adding to the severity of the battle. A bloody skirmish ensued, and our heroes emerged victorious. Behind them, towards the entrance, they heard less fighting, and saw that the werewolves had broken through the ranks of the drow and came to help. Uh, Harkel had used a spell, I believe. Was it with a shatter from you as well? Nyx? Yeah. Yeah, yeah shatter that. from me and a fireball and from a fireball, him, And with, with those two uh, destructive spells, had closed the entrance. Uh, so providing a respite from any more invading drow. Uh, Captain Scourge had said the drow had been defeated, however, at the cost of Glare's life. And that is exactly where we left off. So you guys are at the ruins. Nyx had just uh, found an object on the priestess's body right as the werewolves came up. Uh, Harkle looks like he's kind of addressing his wounds. Uh, Thrym, uh, I believe you were... Pardon me, you were just hanging out. What were you doing at that moment? Uh, I want to say, yeah, I was pretty much just hanging out because I, like, searched the bodies, and then I tried to see if I could, like... Uh, I think I tried to see if I could stretch the Sherlong Digger over the hole, and it didn't work. So No, it was too, uh... <laughs> too, like... Uh, yeah, I was pretty much viscous. just hanging out. But, Yeah. So, I guess I'll just walk over to where Nyx is and check out the dead priestess. Okay, so you see her, I believe. I have a description for her. No, so you go over to the body, and, and it's it's pretty... It's kind of charred from Harkle's fireball, uh, mangled up from all the other abuse that she had taken, but um, you do recognize that this... This uh, this female was probably a higher up in her house, which most obvious females are. Um, and uh, Nyx was able to identify, and and I'm not sure if he had shared his discovery of where she belonged. No, not yet. So you see, uh, you see a symbol, um, like above her like chest of like a, a sigil of some sort, but you don't recognize 
what house that belongs to. Remind me what house that was. Uh, house Devere. And you recognize that a, a minor house of very little importance. So scouting uh, duties would fall upon like the minor houses as their troops would be considered expendable. I'll, I'll explain the house thing to him. You can just be like, well, given that this is a lesser house and it was a scouting party, it's probably best that there are no survivors left behind. We don't want them going back and reporting that we were here. They may not recognize us in these forms necessarily, but we don't need them knowing that an elf, and we don't even need like the, the vague statement of an elf and a stone giant working together to defeat them. We don't need that getting back to any of the houses. Harkle uh, kind of shouts over to you, well, walks over to you and, and chats about that situation. Well, according to Archmage Juritin, um, this this is what they do, right? That If they kind of discover that it's there's nothing of worth up here or that the scouts are gone, that they don't bother coming back? The scouts will report back. And even if there's nothing of value, they will report that there's nothing of value, but something out of the ordinary, like them being fought back, it, it may ping some radars and I just I just don't want anything getting back to the Underdark well if they lost a Sirlon Digger I mean they don't really have much of a way of getting back up here do they especially since we busted that hole into a cave-in I'm it assuming would only slow them down that's most likely not their only Sirlon Digger it may take them some time to get another one in line and redig the holes, but we've we've just created a a block in the road. Well, that's kind of what we were sent here to do. So I guess all that's left to do is go and report back to the Archmage on uh, repelling them and maybe considering uh, asking what the werewolves want to do living so close to a potential danger zone like this. We may advise them to relocate. Thrym, what are your opinions on these tactics? That isn't a bad idea. The other one would be whatever dead you have. Because you guys are nice werewolves, but most werewolves are not. So if we leave, if they come back here to check out their scouting party and they find they're dead with a bunch of dead werewolves they may not fuck around here again just because no one wants to fuck around with werewolf. Fair point. Misleading evidence. Captain Scourge kind of hangs her head and she goes, that is a sound theory. Maybe we, we, we've lost about half a dozen of us. When we, when we do perish, the, uh, the cursed forms do linger. We don't revert back into our original form, so to some that would seem disrespectful, but everyone who came with us knew that they could die for this. And that to make a difference, to make the area safe for others like them, they I don't think they'd have any problems with this. Where would you recommend we place the bodies? The hole is the hole is filled, right? Yes. Okay. 
So I, a couple near the dead priestess and the rest around the Sirlon digger. Indeed. So she kind of like looks at some of the others who are paying attention and she kind of does a little hand gesture and a couple of them run off to start, pardon me, preparing the bodies. Harkel uh, looks a little nervous and he, he's looking at all the other werewolves. And uh, Nyx, with your passive perception, you see it. Harkel looks at one of them and it looks like there's like a silver lining in a hair over the over the face. And Harkel sees that one, and like you can see his body like ease up a little bit and relax. Hey, hey, Harkel. That, yeah. It, is that the girl you changed for? What? Don't, don't say that so loud. I'm whispering. They have really good he- hearing. And is that the girl you changed for or not? Yeah, 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 that's her. All right. All right. So you guys have any other business you'd like to do in the tunnel? Uh, are the werewolves carrying weapons? Uh, most of the only thing that they had were a couple slings, um, basic weapons, but most of the werewolves were using their claws and uh, teeth to fight. That's what I think. I also suggest that you guys scratch up and bite these bodies so it actually looks like you fought them. That could be accomplished. Captain Scourge grisly grins a little bit. So as you guys are kind of having this conversation, you guys are like kind of working your way back. You're seeing uh, the werewolves very gingerly carrying uh, their dead kin uh, deeper into the tunnel. Um... And as you're walking, uh, Nixon Thurman, I'm assuming you guys are kind of walking uh, next to each other. Um, you guys are noticing behind you um, that Harkle is kind of walking closer to that werewolf with the with the silver hair. We need to give you some space, Harkle. Do do you need a moment? He 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 just looks at you and gives you this look of like shut the fuck up on his face. <laughs> he like blushes. Um, and you both are kind of like looking over your shoulders and you kind of see the, the werewolf, uh, female grin a little bit. I'm just going to pat Harkle on the back and be like, we couldn't have, we couldn't have done this without you. That fireball really saved us. Oh, uh, thank you. I, I appreciate it. You guys, you guys saved my ass too. Yeah, but you were really the hero of this battle, Harkle. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, roll, I, I roll, roll a, de- thrim, ro- roll a deception with advantage. <laughs> okay. Nineteen. Nineteen. Uh, as you say that, and this this massive stone giant is giving out these amazing compliments. Like the female, like her, like jaw kind of opens in awe a little bit as you guys are saying this. And he, and Harkle is like beat red at this point and looks super fucking awkward. Um, so, uh, Nyx, on your way out, you guys now are, are exiting. It's now, it's still early morning. Like, the, you guys get out. Uh, Nyx, of course, the sunlight is glaring at you. And Thrym, everything is, everything is, like, transition lensing over for you. And it's kind of pleasant. As soon as it started getting brighter, the algae in your eyes began to immediately, like, change color to accommodate you. Um... 
and in your hand, Nyx, uh, you've absentmindedly been holding this coin that you picked up off the uh, the body of the drow female. Yeah, I kind of figured I just kind of stuck it in my pocket and I'm kind of flipping it around between my fingers. Um, I, and I figured I'd kind of investigate it when I had a moment alone. Sure. Um, just just for uh, the, the the sake of that coin, just to kind of... On, on one side is a spider, and on the other side is like an, an, an impression of Lolf on it. Wonderful. That's fucking great. And Zen? I'm gonna, uh, uh, I'm actually gonna lean over to Thrym and be like, hey, can you, uh, can you put this in the bag of holding for now? I'll take it and throw it in the bag of holding. Okay. I, 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 I don't really trust anything that has an impression of wealth on it, and I'd rather it be in a pocket plane for now. All right, so you guys, uh, essentially from that point, you you and a couple stragglers, a lot of injured uh, werewolves, are, are making it back to the encampment now. Um, you haven't seen Captain Scourge, and you see Fang, who looks like he's kind of taken a beaten beating, but this little gnome werewolf seems to be able to give it back in spades, and... He's got blood on him that you get the impression it's not his. And he kind of walks back with you and, and, and kind of when he when he catches your eye, he kind of gives you like this nod of like, well done. Did pretty well, Fang. Is that, uh, is that drow blood on you? Ah, uh, yeah, most of it. Good. What do you think? Good luck, huh? No, no, no offense. What, what do you mean, no offense? I'm white. Yeah, you know, elf blood is elf blood. You know, they they all kind of have that sacredness to them. Most of them don't really appreciate all that. What do you mean you're white? Are I still in the time period when I'm I look like yep. a normal elf? Yeah. Yes, I'm I'm white. See, not drow. I know. I just I just know elves have a thing with their blood. It, it it's fine. Trust me. The drow that you killed needed to be killed. It it doesn't matter. You won't offend me by killing my sub-kin, if you want to call them that. Okay. That's a couple of the elves I've known are a little uh, territorial when it comes to, you know, blood. You know, obviously, you know, werewolves and blood kind of have an issue, too, so. I, if you haven't noticed, I'm not like other elves. It's fine. Yeah, you're a little, you're a little more braver, in my opinion, than most other elves. Appreciate that. I might not necessarily agree, but I appreciate that. And he uh, wanders off and kind of like gives your thigh a pat as high as he can reach up on you, Thrym, and just kind of heads off ahead to help uh, somebody who looks a... like they're limping. Huh? Just reach down with a finger and like tap his back as he does that. Alright, so a little bit later in the day, just like an hour later, it looks like almost everybody has come back to the encampment. Um, you do notice Harkle is still walking with the uh, female, except now uh, you guys notice she is um, young and human. And she does have silver hair um, that kind of goes in like a weird mohawk shape down the back, while the rest of her hair is blonde, so it kind of sticks out a lot. And she's wearing like this. Now she's wearing like this long green dress 
and you can tell like she's kind of blushing as she's talking to Harkle, and of course Harkle is still like blood red in the face. You cup hole. And Harkle kind of like holds yeah. his finger up, and then he comes over to you guys. He goes, "All right, well, when did you guys want to get back to Long Saddle?" Uh, what about your friend? Oh, I told uh, I told Clara I'd be uh, coming back after. Okay. Turns out she's a lot more approachable than I thought she'd be, but uh, thanks for that uh, pep talk back there, by the way. Yeah, sometimes people need a shove. I am. I'm sorry. Is this your first date? Ah, uh, no, no. I've had a, I've had a few other ones. Have you been a stalker? No, no. I just really kind of like this girl. Look, man, I'm just giving you shit. I've never known love. It's fine. Oh, okay. I'm so glad. But yeah, I told her I'd be back as soon as I reported back into the Archmage. Maybe I'll uh, have a hand at that werewolf spell again. Try to, you know, flex some muscle around her again. Maybe not. You think I should like be just me? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, because the last time you tried to be a werewolf, you fucked it up hard. Well, I, it's, dude, it's, you know about components. It gets kind of fucking strange every once in a while. No, I know that spells require specific components. You fucked it up. You're a dunderhead. Get it right yeah. or don't do it at all. And in okay. this case, she likes you as a human. Be a human. Okay. What, what, what if she bites me? Then you get to be a werewolf with her and you never have to figure out the spell again. And his, like, face, like, lights up. <laughs> Alright, so anyway, so when when do you guys want to get back? Uh, don't we have to report in with Scourge first? I believe we had some, uh... I think we might have some stuff to clarify. Uh, sure, if you want to, yeah, I'll be... You want to go back today, or did you want to go back tomorrow? Well, if there's any more tree blights in that forest, I think it's better that we go back tomorrow. That's not a bad idea, actually. How you feeling, Thrym? Got any good cuts? Any new scars? Month. <laughs> you what? If I said it's been a month, I'm looking to see if I have anything written down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, was, I was just looking at my spell slots too, because I don't remember what I used. Yeah, Harkle's looking a little worse for wear too, so. When you say tomorrow, he kind of like breathes a sigh of relief. Just do us a just do us a favor tonight. Don't try to sneak into her tent. You know, keep keep your distance. This is new. Wait, what? What? Why would I sneak into her tent? Oh come on! I'm oblivious like... to this kind of stuff, and I know more than you. <laughs> His eyes start darting back and forth, like he doesn't know what you're talking about. He starts blushing. Can't wait to have my dark skin back. That way I know that I don't look like your dumbass blushing like that. Can can Drow even blush, do you think? At all? I, I've never had reason to. N at all, ever? No. You never, like, fucked up and embarrassed yourself in front of people? I fucked up, but it doesn't embarrass me. Oh, that's might scare me a little because if you fuck up the wrong way the you know the house might kill you but you know you don't get embarrassed you just move on jesus that's a little uh intense you don't got time for fuck ups 
We've got time for an embarrassment. Fix the problem and move. You know that? Could you have imagined if he showed up here as Spunky? His tail would have been wagging so hard it would have been a weapon. Yeah, well. That's a beautiful image. <laughs> <laughs> the big battle stats for a fucking golden retriever. <laughs> One damage per impact. It okay. will drill through a wall just to give time. <laughs> so with the uh with the knowledge that he isn't going back right away, he kinda like meanders on back towards the human named Clara. And you guys presumably are gonna head to the cabin that belongs to Captain Scourge? Yeah. Yeah, I think we should uh I think we should discuss future tactics. Okay, so uh, uh, right as you're kind of having that conversation, you do see Captain Scourge, and she looks exhausted. And she had gone into her cabin, left the door open. Um, so you guys take advantage of that, and, and as you go in, there's a, a small fireplace at the back, and you just see her sitting. Uh, she's in her human form now. Or, I'm sorry, her elf form. My bad. Right? Is that what I put her as? I think I did an elf. I think she's an elf. Fucking month-long... Yes. Um, she's sitting in a chair and she has her like elbows on her knees and you can see that she's like silently like crying as you guys are walking in. What's the matter, Scourge? What? Oh, um, um sorry. Uh, what can I help you with? She's like wiping away her tears. Figured it was a good moment to discuss your future and the future of this encampment. Right, uh, yeah, b business. That'll, that will suit my mind well right now. Uh, what did you have in mind? Well, I believe Thrym would agree with me on this. Given that the drow have come to this location once and, and, and discovered resistance, it might not be a bad idea to move on. Maybe change locations. Stay within range of Long Saddle because of your agreements with them, but it might be time to change location. I suppose that's probably for the best, considering the proximity to that area. Uh, we could very well find another suitable location. We've, we've been here for a little less than a month, but this forest is rather large. It extends our fairly large area to the south as well so we could easily find a location still within proximity of Long Saddle so we could continue trading and kind of keeping up with the world it's a shame he he really liked this location he? well she sighs and, and looks back yeah glare ah the one who fell Yes. While you guys were in there, a short while later, Glare was the one leading the charge, going straight into the cave mouth to catch them by surprise. It looked like he took a few of them out before being overwhelmed by at least four or five of them. But I knew he would die to save the rest of us. I just didn't know it'd be so soon. Thrym 
you're better versed in this than I am. Do you think a warrior's burial would be appropriate? I mean, probably, but... Uh, DM, was he one of the bodies left behind in the cave? Uh, yes. At the time, uh, Scourge had said that uh, Glare would have wanted to do something in his death to save more lives. That's what I thought. I think then, his placement now is where he'd want to be. Then maybe not a burial, but at least a ceremony. A send-off of sorts. Definitely a ceremony. Well, he was a drinker. So maybe we bust out a couple kegs of ale tonight, hunt some deer, and have a little bit of a celebration. Maybe it's the first, maybe it's time I had my first drink. Oh. Well, it'll be interesting. It's it's a, a dwarven stout from what Glare told me. Gonna actually use your chalice for what it was made for? Ooh. But it was made for drinking. Right. I didn't, drinking. I didn't, didn't think that was specific to alcohol. Sorry. I, I mean, it, it, it's really not, but it's kind of implied. Have you noticed I'm not good with implication? That's fair. Well, either way, we'll get a little wasted tonight. And celebrate the ones we've lost. And to cheer you three for coming into our humble area and really preventing more lives lost. Next. Yes. How long is left on your spell? DM, how long is left on this spell? <laughs> what what time of day is it now? It is about ten thirty in the morning. So you would anticipate you have him probably until mid-afternoon. Yeah. Until it would fade. Oh, Scourge. You remember when I told you I'm not a wood elf? Uh, yes. Yeah, that's going to fade by this afternoon. So uh, during all the revelry, there's going to suddenly be a drow amongst your people. Do you think we should uh, inform them of that beforehand? Uh, yeah, that probably would be a good idea, unless we want to celebrate even more deaths tonight. She kind of chuckles at her joke. I would appreciate not getting swarmed by an entire encampment of werewolves. <laughs> I'm not really looking to fight anymore tonight. And I love fighting, but fuck. Yeah, I think uh, I think we've lost enough today. I'll I'll make my rounds right now. I, I don't think sitting alone in this cabin is going to do me any good. And she walks by and like pats you on the shoulder, and then she does she just kind of does the same thing with your forearm, Grim, and just heads out the door. And as you guys are just, she immediately goes over to like what looks like someone who's put in command and she kind of like whispers and the guy like surprisingly looks in at you and then like the surprise fades and he like nods and then it looks like there's like a chain reaction starting to happen where uh the information is being relayed do i see him looking uh you do yeah 
So when he looks in, I'm just going to remove the pin that changes my appearance and then put it back on. Okay. So he looks in, like, surprised, looks at looks at Nyx, and he looks at Thrym, and then as he turns away, he has to do, like, a double take because of your reaction with that. And so, um, unless you guys have anything for the midday... The only thing I had is that I am planning on stepping off into the woods to meditate in the sunlight. Sure. I don't know if it's going to be the long rest version of meditate, but I would like to try to focus on the wilderness again. I mean, dur during the day, yeah. Um, yeah you guys I mean, just gotta. I only, I only need the four hours to get a long rest, but that's that's not what I'm focusing on here. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, it'd be it'd be up to you. I mean, you you guys had a very uh, intensive combat scenario so i'm sure your body could use the rest so it's up to you how long you'd like to to spend i'll leave that up to you do i know when the uh celebration is going to happen yeah uh, yeah you're you're seeing people get stuff ready and you're anticipating pretty much as soon as the uh the sun goes down things are gonna kick off if it's, so if it's like 10 a.m i'm gonna tell thrym that i'm i'm gonna go meditate for a while and i'll i'll spend my four hours just zoning out in the forest sure and, and i'm uh i'm actually okay. before before i step into the woods i'm gonna find fang and uh and just be like fang i need to step out i need to step out into the woods i i need to meditate and gather myself would you mind checking in on me every now and then just Make sure nothing is coming to threaten me in my more vulnerable state. Oh yeah, that's that's the least I can do. And uh hey Jenkins over there told me uh what's gonna happen later with you, so don't worry. Well your secret's safe with us. I appreciate that. And I appreciate your assistance in this. I was kinda hey. pat him on his little shoulder and start to walk away. Okay. Um, so you go and you actually kind of recall a little bit of the path, um, as you had been, uh, going between the, the encampment and the mound, um, you had spotted a couple, like, moderately sunny areas where, like, there's, like, a little clearing, um, and it looks like relatively flat, dry land versus, like, all the ferns in the forest that would kind of harbor moisture and, like, not be even. So you find, like, a nice little, uh, moderately sunny spot, um... It looks like it's starting to get cloudy, so your your sensitivity is still there, but if you close your eyes and relax, it's not, like, still bleeding into your brain, right? Yeah. I'm trying to adjust to the feel of the sun. I know I'll never adjust to the brightness, but I'm definitely trying to adjust to the feel mm -hmm. and adjust to the noise that is the forest during the day. Okay. Um, I'll cut to Thrym. Thrym, what are you going to do for the six or so hours before a celebration. Is there are any writing material like a sheet of paper and something to write with in that in uh, Scourge, I believe her name was? Uh, in... Roll me an investigation. Fifteen. Fifteen. So you mostly just see that one table that's kind of in the center of the room that everyone's been gathering around. You see a lot of paper there, 
a few like weathered maps and you see like scribble drawings um of like you know basic crew drawings and it looks like the battle plans from what scourge had for the assault on on that um you you find uh one or two pieces of paper kind of in the middle that are blank um and but you do not currently see a writing utensil with that Oh, there goes what I was going to do with that. <laughs> um, I'll just... Six hours isn't enough to get anything. So yeah, I'll just kind of walk around the werewolf camp and talk to hey. random werewolves. Sure, yeah. You you get the impression as you do that. Um, they're all in, in moderately high spirits. A few of them look a little dour at the loss of some of their comrades. Um... It looks like their guard posts are still pretty active. Uh, you see Fang kind of hopping from tree to tree every once in a while, um, still hyper vigilant on making sure. Um, you do notice towards the end of like your round, you see Fang kind of go off to the east um, and kind of disappear out of sight. And you don't know where he's been or where he's going, but you do notice that Fang has now left the encampment. Um, you see Harkle is sitting on a, on a log near a burnt-out fire talking with Clara. And um, uh, Scourge approaches you. So he's really a drow, huh? A slave for his family, and they like gave him me to him, and then we pretty much just ran away. That sounds absolutely horrid. But... There was something I did want to mention, because I can't remember if I had mentioned it before or not, but there's a stone giant encampment not far from here called Granite Hollow on the other side of Longsaddle. Oh, we've heard of that. And what was her name, DM? Oh, shit. Giselle? Jesna. Jesna. All right. So Jesna, the... The stone giant in charge of it asked me if I ran into anybody that could be beneficial as an ally to them, to whether trade or things like that, to let them know. And it seems like you guys could be useful to each other. I've heard of that. Um, some of the wizards had told me of a, a rel relatively friendly stone giant community. Um, we kind of always stick to the east of Longsaddle. Sounds like they're to the southwest, if I'm mistaken. Uh, yeah, I believe so. Maybe I'll send uh, someone in the future to Longsaddle, see if we can't uh, have a little bit of a parlay with them. Yeah, just tell them Thrym and Nixon. Thrym and... All right. And you see her uh, take out like a like a, a piece of paper, and has, she does have like a quill on her, and she's like scribbling on that all right so where did we leave off uh nix is meditating fang ran off to the east and thrym was having a conversation with scourge okay yeah that's right fang was talking about how yeah shit but anyway uh back to you nick so um you're you're just chilling there and in in your in your peripheral uh oh yeah uh you can actually hear something kind of bound from tree to tree to your to your right as you're kind of just chilling there and you you've been around a little bit long enough to know that fang is doing like a pass 
around. Yeah. And you kind of hear only, like semi conscious of that because I'm meditating. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's your he actually rolled horribly on a stealth roll, so you were able to pick up on that. Um, passive picked up in meditation. Yeah, right? Your fucking passive perception, man. That's ridiculous. I love that it's still active when I'm meditating. Right? I fucking hate that. It works oh, when you're it. meditating. I love it. Um, elves are badass. Elves are awesome. Um, so in in between your, your spots of kind of... You kind of go in and out. It's almost like, you know, you're a cat. Where, like, when they're sleeping and they hear a noise, you the ear kind of, like, twerk in that direction. Twerk. That's the that's the word I decided to use. Twerk in that yep. direction. I'm um, okay. My, my ears twerk. <laughs> they twerk all night long. Oh, um, no. So in between, kind of listening to your environment and kind of getting some rest and your nature at this point, um, your brain keeps going in an interesting direction where you're you're now recalling uh, your conversation with Archmage Juritin and how. You guys are kind of both on the same page and, and actually believe it's possible that Veyron is trapped in another plane of existence. And you can't help but kind of picture this, like, very tall, dark shadow of a drow, like, surrounded on all sides by, like, lava. And you're just kind of getting these mental images that you just keep kind of going back to, and you don't know why, but it's causing you, like, a little bit of anxiety. Yeah, yeah, it is. A realm of fire. And me thinking of the possibility that Veron is trapped there. That this this god that's supposed to be helping me or I'm supposed to be helping him. Yeah, I am very concerned by that. Um you're you're using this time too, and as you're thinking about that, you're thinking of the hows and whys and you, you know how you kind of get on one thought and it kind of drifts off to another one and it kind of causes a chain reaction and you're you're wondering what what would cause you know Veyron to lose so much power and the only depressing thought that you can think of is that his amount of followers and the people who are believing in him and who are essentially through belief granting him you know the extra dimensional superpowers that a god has is just so severely diminished and compared to the power of Walf how nigh insurmountable your quest for revenge is at this point in time but you you quickly erase that from your brain and you just immediately go right back to your like take it a day at a time and your thought is getting closer to Neverwinter gathering up supplies getting the lay of the land and then hopefully trekking up that mountain that, uh, that would be the end the, the, that would be the goal for sure and with that your, your four hours kind of come and go um, you don't end up hearing Fang again. Um, but you're you're confident in in your choice of uh your guardian watching your back and and when you finally kind of snap out of it, it's the afternoon. And as you're kind of getting up from your uh what's when when you're when you're meditating, like what stance do you have when you do that? Uh very simple sitting crossed legs, um <laughs> hands on my knees. Kind of straight backed, but my head is down. 
So you open your eyes after your meditation and you feel the sting of the sun. Uh, not as bad because it's it's overcast out, but there's still enough where it's, it's not uh, allowing you to focus too long on any one thing. You kind of have to, you know, dart your eyes at different things to kind of, you know, clear it. Um, and as you're getting up and you kind of dust yourself off, you look at your hands or you look at your wrists and you do notice uh, your skin is back to the color of your normal skin. Thank the gods. Except Loth. From up above. What'd you say? I said thank the gods except Loth. And you back look up. Normal tone. <laughs> you look up and Fang is kind of like dangling from a tree with one claw. Just like looking at you. He's like, I couldn't help but hang around and see what happened. Trust me, it's nothing, nothing fantastical. I tend to keep myself fairly covered anyway, but uh, you can probably see my face and hair and I'll pull back my hood a bit so you can see it and then quickly cover back up because of the fucking sunlight. Hey, you're not too bad looking over there. That's... And he like chuckles. <laughs> Thank you, I think. As well. I did a couple paths around. I haven't seen anybody. Couple, uh, couple deer, but nothing that was gonna come out and bite you. Deer don't bite. Uh no. Normally they just kind of eat grass and stuff. Ah, yeah. Where I'm from, from where where I come from, everything bites. Jesus. Could you imagine if a werewolf got loose down there? Just one. Just one. All it has to do is bite someone, right? And that passes on the curse, usually. Well, it depends on the species, but... Probably enough of them would get transformed. And just a whole underdark full of nasty, furry things trying to bite you. And a lot of trow houses using stone giants and other immune creatures as guardians. Uh... Yeah, I guess there's a reason. Huh. Yeah, they, they try to... They, you know, they try to safeguard themselves. I don't know. I don't. I don't think one werewolf would do a lot. I mean, yeah, you're strong, you're quick, but you got kind of beat up going against a few drow. You wouldn't want to go against a few hundred. Yeah, doesn't sound like my kind of odds anyway. Now dancing around them, I could do that all day. Not any trees under there either. Oh. Well, that kind of sounds like an area I don't want to go anyway. Yeah. Dark, it's musty, a lot of rocks, a lot of stagnant pools. All right, well, you you heading back now, or are you going to hang out here a little bit longer? I'll, uh, I think I'll sit here and listen until I, until I hear the festivities start. All right, yeah, I checked in with them, and uh, as soon as the sun starts going down, they're going to start cooking up some stuff. All right. I'll, uh, I'll be sure to join you later. Thank you again for keeping an eye out. Hey, at least I could do, right? Right. And with that, he kind of bounds off from tree to tree uh, towards the west, which you know would lead back to the encampment. Like a fucking monkey. Like a monkey in the tree. So a short while later, Thrym, you, uh, you're just kind of you're making, you're making your rounds. You've kind of had some conversations with people who are extremely comfortable just having basic conversation. I think 
the fact that I get in in a sense you're all outcasts of normal society. Everyone's very uh, very loose and comfortable with just having basic conversations. You've gotten to know quite a few of them. You've actually had a conversation with Harkel and Clara uh, to to know that she grew up in a, a family that had like basket weavers as their main uh, source of income. And a trip into the woods to try to find some reeds ended up causing her affliction. And she was immediately cast out from her village that she used to live in. And right around that time, you do see uh, Fang kind of hop down from the trees. And he just kind of sits down near you guys and kind of like gives you one of those nods. And looks around like very excitedly to see if like some of the food's like ready to be eaten yet. Uh, the fires all around, like the main big fire you guys are kind of sitting around has is starting to really light up. And there's like kind of orbital fires as well to try to cook up a lot of food all at once. And there's about four giant like kegs that are like rolled out and each one of them have a tap that's banged into them. And people are starting to hand out like mugs of alcohol now. Do I see a rock that's like, I don't know. About twice the size of Thrym's hand. Uh, yeah, as a matter of fact, a lot of this area that they're kind of, they were creating houses, a lot of, there are a lot of, like, unearthed giant rocks that they had to, like, move out of the way to create, a, like, a clear ground. So in, in, like, random piles around, you find a lot of different sized rocks, and you're able to find one exactly what you're looking for. I want to carve a small statue of glare. Okay. I mean, given your background, you should be able to do that easily. Yeah. Hey, you actually get to put your masonry tools to work. That's right. <laughs> and with the with the help of um with a couple of the people who you kind of asked a little bit more about him to kind of jog your memory of it. Um I'm not even I'm not gonna have you roll for it, but over the course of a couple hours. You're just taking your time with it, so, you know, no reason to rush on it. Um, the sun's starting to go down now. Some of the meat's starting to hand out, right, as you're really... You're it's you're taking your time, but to everyone else, you're kind of, like, taking the chisel and the hammer, and you're kind of, like, speeding around, and you're kind of making these amazing details. You kind of somehow get, like, the, the jawline to look super suave on it. And to kind of you accentuate kind of the muscles on him a little bit to kind of give him more of a intimidating like stance. Um, are you doing his werewolf form or his uh, human form? Human. Okay. His human form. Sure. So with that, you do recall the kind of uh, basic worker shirt and pants he was wearing, um, but you do kind of add a little bit of a cloak to the back to kind of give it a dramatic flare as if the cloak is blowing in the wind. And people are just staring at this in awe of, like, the sheer, like, quality of your craftsmanship. And uh, as you do that, people are, like, handing you food and a couple different mugs of alcohol to kind of keep you going. So you're kind of taking, like, you know, for you, they're, like, pretty much, like, sips from this, from the cups. And you're kind of just stuffing your face with uh, what, what you've now gotten used to as, like, deer meat and little tiny little bits of meat that you know now are, like, rabbit meat. That seems to be the bulk of it. And you're getting like these very like appreciative looks from, from everyone. And right as the sun is about to settle now, um, three and a half hours into crafting this, 
Uh, you feel it's about complete. So I'll tip it over and then, like, put my name on the bottom of it because I'm signing my handiwork. That's awesome. Then I'll stand it. And is there, like, a big fire in the middle of the encampment? Yep, yeah, that's where you're all sitting. All right, so, yeah, I'll stand it next to the big fire. Okay. And you, you catch off in the shadows over near her cabin. You see Captain Scourge... Uh, just silent tears streaming down her face, but she has this, like, interesting smile that you could tell is, like, half sadness and half uh, being proud of what he had done and accomplished. And then I'll stand up, like, at full attention and salute the statue and then sit back down. Okay. And as you do that, almost on cue, everyone else sees you do that, and they do some sort of salute. Some of them put their hand over their heart. Some of them do like a military salute. A couple of them kind of like place their hands together. It looks like they're silently praying as well. And it's like this very powerful silent moment and where all you can hear is the crackling of the fire. Um, maybe a couple bats are chirping their way by. And it's this very powerful moment of the sacrifice but the appreciation that because of that like lives go on and you of all people Thrym can appreciate those kind of sacrifices and you feel very uh, very proud of yourself and humble that you were able to honor such a warrior in their uh, final moments of life so it dark out now yeah, it's dark out, and Nyx is coming out from the forest. Cool. So you, you, uh, Nyx, at the tail end of this, you see uh, Thrym saluting, and it, as you walk into the cabin, it's deathly quiet, and you kind of think something's like awry from it. But as soon as you, the guards are still there, but they're all just silently they're doing a salute, and you look over and you see everyone else saluting this brand new small statue near the large fire that you're able to pick up. I'm not necessarily going to salute, but I will stand still and bow my head. Because I'm not a warrior like the rest, but I want to show my respect for the loss. And as you do that, um, everyone, the chatter begins again. You get closer to the fire. You see Thrym enjoying his uh, little tiny bits of meat. Harkle's there too, talking with Clara. They look a little bit inebriated. I'm excitedly looking around for Nyx. Um, from the way you entered in, uh, Nyx, uh, Thrym is facing away from you. So you kind of see Thrym, like, looking around, like, you know, you're trying to find your buddy at a party. A moment. Is the fire in front of him? Yes. I'm going to cast Prestidigitation at the flame and make it kind of burst a little bit. <laughs> How do you react to him? Well, my back is turned to the fire. Do I even notice? Uh, yeah, I would. I would say. I would say like the the flare up would would get you to notice because normally fires don't do that kind of stuff. All right, so I'll quickly spin around and see him. And when I see him, I'm just gonna grab that tiefling chalice I have on my belt and like hold it up. I have my own thrim. 
I, I know, but you're finally going to use it. <sighs> Point me towards the alcohol. I will have one drink in Glare's memory. So, Grim, you, you fill up the the tiefling horns. So, the first thing you notice as you guys, you know, do you, do you guys, like, do the cheers at all, or just drink? I'll raise my glass to the statue of Claire. Okay. So, as you kind of, like, as it gets to your lips, Nyx, uh, you, 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 it's a little, when you sniff it in, it kind of reminds you of, like, a like an ingredient shop that you go to purchase like alchemic things. There's like, it's like very, a bitter smell that you, you sure notice. Full of magic components. I mean, it makes me feel magical if I drink enough of it. <laughs> uh, um, okay. So as you, as you continue to kind of sniff it a little bit, you do notice there's a little bit of like a flowery smell. But you're still you're 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 now familiar with what flowers smell like because of just all your travels and going through fields and stuff like that. But it's still you don't understand why this would smell like flowers. So you put it to your lips and the bitterness comes back a bit, but there's there's more of it in there. The bitterness and then it kind of fades away, and you you don't know you you kind of understand that this is a, a basic alcohol um, and you notice a lot of the people around you kind of look like sloshed from it and all you remember is they said it's a it's a basic dwarven stout that you're drinking I am um, not not sure I like this Thrym just finish it you gotta you gotta drink at least one kind of an acquired taste I know I need to finish the chalice in memory of Glare, but this is uh, uh, this is rough. <laughs> Once you finish it, you you'll you'll like it. Everybody's the first is always the hardest. All right, fuck it, and I'm gonna down the chalice as quickly as I can just to get it over with. Okay. <laughs> can you? Roll me a constitution saving throw. I don't even know my dice ready. Hold on. No worries. Uh, a con save? Yep. Fucking hell. I, didn't, I don't know why I didn't think I was going to be rolling today. <laughs> All right. Uh, eight. Eight. Um, within about ten minutes... Um, you feel a little more lighthearted. Um, you you hear someone across the fire who, who tells a joke, something about a boar and a, a deer meeting in the woods, and you actually can't help but like kind of smile a little bit. And you think afterwards that wasn't even that funny, but then you kind of realize that like your lips are a little bit numb. And you're you're getting the impression you are uh, definitely really feeling the effects of a dwarven stout. Thrym, Thrym, where are you? Thrym. Oh. Hi, Thrym. This is weird. Get that magical feeling I was talking about. This isn't magic. I know magic. What are you talking about? <laughs> That's fair. 
You're feeling good though, right? I'm feeling... I'm... I gotta pee. Is there a good tree around here I could piss on? And every single person in earshot all just point to the woods. I'm going over there, Thrib. And I'm gonna stumble away. But like, in that awkward like, one foot across another one as I walk, like, almost tripping over my own feet. Uh, I'll, like, follow him, but not too close to make sure he's okay. Okay. <laughs> and, uh, Thrim, as you're, as you're escorting him over, Harkle and his, uh, his date are just kind of, like, kind of chuckling a little bit, watching Nyx try to, like, walk straight, and it just looks like he's almost, like, balancing on a tightrope. And uh, Fang is sitting on uh, a log near you guys, and he laughs, and he goes, Well, he really is a lightweight, isn't he? Yeah, he's never drank before. Wow, and he's drinking that first time? Yeah, that's kind of was my thought, but had, oh. to, had to do it sometime. Hey, Thrim! Yeah! Thrim! I'm, yeah, pretending I'm, I'm pretending I'm peeing on Lolf. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys have a, a wonderful couple of after after an hour or so Nix, you feel you're feeling a little bit more normal like the jokes aren't hitting you as funny anymore um and you feel like you're kind of now coming down from your rather sensitive uh drunken state that you had gotten yourself into um, and i am searching for the closest source of water yeah, okay. Yeah, and there there it actually is there is a keg off to the side of the group of kegs that is just water. And you you see some of the people, some of the older folks are going over and they're definitely trying to take their fill of water, while some of the younger folks don't seem to be paying attention to that and are just going straight back to the dwarven stout. I'm filling that chalice with water and that's it for the night. Okay. And it's not the uh, it's not the, the the sparkling water from the uh, inside of the spring you guys were, were in. It's a it's a little bit on the stale side, but you you Eight feel like it's it, yeah cask cask cast cask yes yes um so unless you guys have anything for the night um. It's really just a night of revelry, and, and no one's getting too insane. Like, there's no fist fight starting, or, you know, people aren't going, like, apeshit crazy with it. Um, they seem to understand that this is more of a an important thing rather than just a straight-up party just to get drunk. Um, and throughout the night, you you hear about Glare and, and his, his upbringing over near uh, a, a town called Mirabar that you guys are roughly familiar with, if, if only seeing it on your map. And how there was a mining colony there. And how he he would really was the, the talk of the town, looked like he was the next foreman. And kind of in the same situation that uh, Clara was, would, that Thrym would, would know, because he had heard the story of Clara, that they were scouting uh, the outside of a mountain when they had run into a werewolf and he had gotten afflicted by the curse. Um, and sadly, just like Clara was driven out of town, out of fear, that he may end up doing that to someone else. And how 
he had been very like fatherly towards the younger members and all these nice stories about his past and you know some of the weird skirmishes they had gotten into and how he had come to the rescue and a lot of them um and as those stories are coming you're seeing you know the people who are drunk you know some of them have their eyes are wet as they're kind of like tearing up with this kind of stuff and this is interesting it's a, it's a yet a, yet again because it happens a lot to you guys it's this weird juxtaposition between what happens down there and what happens up here where someone dies you're you're looking for the next body to throw on the pyre you're you're not looking to, there's no celebration of life even when one of the priestesses pass away which is a very rare thing and the, the first order of business is is trying to find a replacement and there's no reverence of the dead the, the dead are usually made to serve another purpose either through the undead servants of house fangrel or um using people's lives as ritual sacrifice and here are a bunch of humans dwarves elves and a gnome who are taking time out of their lives to tell stories of another person and through, you know, Thrym, you know, Thrym, I'm sure Thrym's buzzed at this point, but probably not blitzed. And through your sipping water, and you guys are really starting to understand, like, the the bonds that the people on the surface seem to have. That is so amazingly not present down below. And how you, you go back to your meditation and how, you know, Veyron didn't represent anything down below and, and you're kind of hoping in your heart of heart that like Veyron has some of these qualities as well you don't quite know them a lot but you gotta think it's whatever he represents is better than the Underdarks vision of society and people's worth um yeah so unless you guys have anything for tonight not really so it goes on um there is a moon out tonight and it's uh it's a, i don't know the difference between the different crescent moons or waning or waxing or crap like that but anyway it's a crescent moon and it goes over and it looks like it's moderately starting to to be if you were to guess maybe two or three in the morning and people are now finally going off to bed. Some of the older folk had already gone off. And just some of the younger people. Um, and you look over and, and Harkel has the hand of his love interest. And he like kisses her on the hand. And like kind of like floats towards you guys in like this like whimsical manner. You guys, you guys going to bed? You guys gonna get some sleep? I won't be. I've had my rest for the day. Therm, you gonna get some sleep with me? Yeah, I probably should. Okay, let's go. You're you're sleeping heat with like we're going to bed in the same place. Uh, in the, the bunk area, yeah. I don't but, know what you're gonna do for a bed though. What about where the other place you could be sleeping? Where would I go? You suck at this. I'd... I thought we were discouraging that. This is their first date. I don't know what. No, no, we're not. What? You no. were discouraging it. 
she's she's a lady. You gotta treat her like a lady. Right. Is she right there? No, she had uh, walked off to her uh, tent that she lives in. Okay. I'll just like lightly, very lightly pat him on the back and be like, alright, let's go. Okay, let's go. And like, Harkle goes in and there's a couple free bunk beds um, there, so Harkle actually like, tries to pull them together to try to like, give you the bottom and give you more room, but he's all he's doing is like, screeching it across the floor. And people are like, looking up and a few cuss words are kind of sworn at him as he's, like, dragging this giant, like, wooden bunk bed over and finally gets it in and just, like, passes out on the floor. Oh. But he's, he's, he's set you up a nice bottom bunk bed. I'll lift him up and put him on the top. Okay. And then I'll... If I fit, I'll sleep normally. If not, I'll just like curl up and try and fit on what he did. Yeah, you you still kind of have to do like a fetal position, but it's much better than trying to do it on a normal bed. And Harkle uh, starts uh, snoring loudly <laughs> over the course of the night. But you're you're kind of beat up from the uh, the day's shit, so you don't you start not to hear it after a while. So you guys are zonked out. And I'm assuming you're just wandering around, next. Yeah, I'm going to wander the camp. Sure. Um, the only ones who... It looks like some of the guards had imbibed a lot less because of their duties. So you see a couple, like, uh, crossing of the guards where a couple, like... Oh, it looks like some of the people who had gone to bed early woke up and kind of took their places and stuff like that. Um, the guards seem a little bit more casual for the first time. You don't see them all like a ball of nerves because they were worried about the drow. Um, yeah. So you're you're getting the impression that like life is somewhat returning to normal for the uh, the werewolves here. For now. For now. Until the Sirlon digger comes up out of the ground underneath their encampment. So yeah. Everybody roll addition. Wait, what? Everyone fucking roll addition. <laughs> <laughs> we hear a rumbling in the ground. <laughs> so the the night goes by uneventful. Um, and you kind of swear at the sun again, Nix, as you start to see it rise from the sky. So you guys went to bed three. So you guys being Harkle and Thrym being conked out probably until. Probably until 9.30, 10 o'clock in the morning. And, uh, Nix, you finally get kind of done with uh, them sleeping in, so you go to wake them up. Thrym. Thrym. Thrym, wake yeah. up! Yeah, boy. Oh, there you are. You, you guys hear rustling above you, and Harkle rolls over and just falls flat on his face off the top bunk. I, I want to try and catch him before he hits the ground. All right, roll a dexterity check. Thirteen. Thirteen. So you reach out. It's almost like you predicted this to happen. And you just reach out, and he just kind of, like, lands awkwardly on your forearm. And you kind of just, like, ease him onto the ground, let him roll onto the ground. Because what is... Oh, fucking hell, that hurts. Uh, we ready to go? How's your head, bud? I don't fuck. I don't want to talk about it. 
Is that, is that shit always so strong? Do you know? What what the hell would... Do, do, is this a dwarven stout, right? I mean, it's among some of the better stuff, but, like, I've had much, much stronger. Holy shit. I don't, I don't know if I'm right for drinking like that. Like, do you feel this way, too? Uh, not anymore. Not what? Well, how did you fix it? Kept drinking. Oh, I don't know if I can do that. No, that's that sounds horrible. I'm also like much bigger than most people, so I can drink fucked. Up. That's 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 true. How the how the hell did I get up there? I thought I was kind of sleeping on the ground. Yeah, you were. And then I just thought it would be better for your back if you were on bed. Oh, well, I appreciate that. Thank you. I probably should have put you on the bottom bunk. Yeah, that's okay. I guess it worked out, huh? Yeah. All right, so you guys are all restored. Well, Nix was already restored. Yeah, I already did that. All right, so after some uh, some goodbyes and a... And a rather strong handshake to Thrym from Captain Scourge that you kind of didn't anticipate Thrym. You expected it to be kind of light and dainty from an elf, but she really puts some heft into it. Um, you guys say your goodbyes, and, and Harkle like, gets a kiss on the cheek from, from Clara as you guys go off um, to the west. Um, and everything... From you guys walk by the area which you fought the tree scourge, um, the tr- the 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 melty goo that it kind of like had when it started like oozing. It looks like the ground where it died is a little discolored. But you guys and Harkle pointed out too that the pine trees that look kind of off, it looks like they're starting to return to normal now. Um, and you guys look around there. There's after a little bit of investigation out of the sheer curiosity, that's such a weird fucking thing. Uh, you guys don't uncover anything else uh, strange in that area. And it seemed to have been like isolated to this one, one place. And Harkle mentions that he will bring that up to the Archmage and that way they can search around to see if there's any other like inf- infected areas, I guess you could call it, of the forests. Because that's very concerning to, uh, to Harkle. Um, so you guys, you guys get back. It was, it wasn't a full day, I believe. I fucking don't remember. Because you guys left early in the morning. Yeah, you fought them. So yeah, it was. It's 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 only. So you guys woke up at ten thirty. As we're walking, I'm trying to make sure, like wherever the sun is, my shadow is cast over next. And I am gladly staying within his shadow. My hood <laughs> is still drawn, but I am in that shadow. And I'm also, like, any birds I hear, I'm trying to imitate them again. Okay. I really just want to do that. Okay, roll a performance check. Ah, natural 20. Holy shit. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you may have, in a previous life, been a songbird. Uh, you're you're able to kind of do this, and whatever you're doing this, you're noticing as you're mimicking these. Like Harkle is like he kind of like winces a little bit because the proximity of you doing this is a lot closer than some of these birds. 
And you're kind of getting a little bit of pleasure from like annoying Harkle with this. So the uh, the afternoon is severely uneventful, and you guys um, closer to three thirty four uh, make your way uh, back into Long Saddle. Um, Harkle, I'm just gonna move this over just because it's more relevant. Harkle says he's going to to stop in at his uh, room really quick, and then. Uh, make his way over to the Archmage. Says, uh, could, will I see you guys there? Um, uh, do we have anything else to do than to go to the Archmage? Uh, not that I can think of. I mean, I'd like to say goodbye to Cuddy if we see Yeah, but he's in the mansion, so... Yeah. Harkle, why don't we just walk with you to the mansion at least? Sure. Uh, and if you recall, his uh, his tower that he lives in is, like, right before that bridge. Oh, yeah. So we'll so we'll he... separate off at the bridge. Okay. So just, oh, I just gotta grab a notebook really quick. I'll be right back. Uh, do you guys want to wait for me, or do you want to go on ahead? Do you think you're going to die without us? Uh, you know, it wouldn't surprise me at this point. Then fine, we'll wait for you. Okay, and he zooms in the tower. He kind of, like, bustles through a few people who give him, like, little rude glares. And he he comes back two or three minutes later. Um, it looks like he has, like, a piece of stale bread in his mouth. And it looks like he has spilled water on his on his uh, outfit. Um, so he took the opportunity to snag some food. And he does have, like, a, a notebook and, like, a, a weird kind of pen that doesn't look like a quill. Um... And he kind of, like, has that underneath his arm, and he, like, rushes out. And he actually, like, takes the piece of bread out of his mouth, and he, like, offers it to you two. I'm, I'm good. Thanks. Thrim, you want some food? Oh, it's already, want some bread? I've already taken it. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's not, it's not that good. He, like, swallows hard as, like, the, the bread looks stale. You hear him, like, crunching on it as you guys are, like, over the bridge now. So you guys make your way into the Ivy Mansion. Yeah. So you guys make your way on in, and you know the layout now from your extended stay earlier. So you just uh, make your way straight over to Archmage Juritan's uh, room. Uh, you notice the 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 door is slightly ajar, and you you now know from from being around this that that's the universal signal for you can come on in so you guys like peek in and you just see the archmage um sitting at his desk and he looks up as you guys peek in he goes oh you, you've returned you've returned come in come in yeah we, what, uh, we have returned what uh what happened well the uh the drow had used a sirlon digger to breach the surface and in essence build up a small level of defense we managed to subvert that by sneaking around the back took out their took out the priestess and eliminated the digger our recommendation to the werewolves is that they move their encampment in case the drow decide to come back but we've left evidence of uh, we've left evidence of the battle 
and try to cover our own tracks in the in the process and there's a chance the drow may not come back if they believe that werewolves were involved the hell of a way to edit that was, that's that's very clever that's very clever thinking of you that was all thrym's idea he looks up to you and nods appreciatively i see uh young harkle uh, managed to not get himself killed almost and uh, harkle begins to discuss with him he he had been jotting down some notes before he got in, and he rips them out and puts it on the desk for the Archmage. And it looks like a sketch of the uh, tree blight that you had fought. And he, he looks at that, and he, like, holds it up, and he goes, we'll discuss this later. And Harkle looks at you guys, like, what what's next for you guys? Grim, I believe we're off to Neverwinter. Yeah, it's the only thing on my planner. All right, well, I can uh, summon Enchantress Renatel if you guys are looking to... Uh, uh, depart soon. Before we do, Thrym, may I have the coin? I'll dig through the bag of holding and pull out the coin and hand it to Nex. Archmage, do you think you could discern what this is? Oh, it's... He reaches out to, to take it. It looks interesting. He takes it from you and, and flips it there's a enchantment on this um you took it off one of the drow I took it off the priestess oh oh this should be an interesting enchantment then and he he places it down on his desk and he pulls open a drawer and he he takes out this kind of gnarled wand and he kind of like taps the 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 coin with it and the coin kind of lifts up in the air a little bit and kind of starts spinning on its own and while he's doing that he has his left hand over the ring, so it's kind of half shrouded by his hand. And he goes, "This is a interesting item, uh, a little bit of a double-edged sword, if you will." And he hands it back to you. It seems like it could invoke a spell, while also, uh, fortunately, doing damage to the person who invokes it. What spell would that be? That would be, uh, it's not really my, hold on, hold on a minute. And he like, he pulls out this giant book. He's, he flips through and it looks like it has different categories separated by tabs. And he goes over and he goes, oh, this would be, um, it looks like it would cast the spell uh, commonly known as Bless. Range believe, spell. And I believe it has, uh, something like this. It doesn't hold a magic charge very well. You see the metal... Um, usually you need something organic. Uh, wood is a prime example. A spell book to retain charges of a spell. It seems like this item would maybe only discharge a certain amount of the spell and then be considered inert afterwards. Oh, and if I help. had if I had to gamble at the at the casting of the spell, it would do uh, some sort of damage to you very strange trade-off. And just so you have it for your inventory, uh, it is called the Coin of Lolth. It has three unreplenishable charges of Bless. But when you cast it, and it doesn't require... It does require concentration, since it's one of your spells that you know that, uh, that a cleric could cast. Um, but it... Uh, will immediately deal 1d4 damage to you. 
Right. But but that damage you won't have you wouldn't have to roll a concentration to keep that bless going. Only if you were to take damage from other sources after that. Yeah, yeah. So to, <laughs> at my health, a significant portion of my resiliency is gone to cast bless. <laughs> oh, joy and rapture. And it would be it would be at the uh, I believe that's a first level spell for them. Less, uh, yeah, I want to say it's a first level. Okay, so you would be able to bless up to three creatures, three creatures of your choosing. So just oh, like it's risky. All right, yeah, I'll, yeah, keep that in mind. I appreciate your help, Jurison. Oh, um, my pleasure. Uh, the speaking of enchantment, next, do you still have that spider pen? Which mine? Yeah. No, I. No, I, I believe I lost it in the river. Okay, never mind. It's literally <laughs> not in my inventory, so I'm assuming I don't have it. I think I wrecked it somewhere along the way. I think so. Yeah. Yeah, I was. I couldn't remember if he did or not. So, I'll just be like, is there anything you can do to? make one of these for him because someone mentioned there were a bunch of drow possibly also in Neverwinter and it might in certain places it might be better if he well we're not us what are your thoughts Nix having a disguise at the ready isn't a bad idea it certainly prove useful in certain situations Give me a little bit. Actually, this this coin gives me an idea. If you if you give me hour and a half, I might be able to whip up something for you. Certainly. Do you know where we could find Cuddy in the meantime? We uh, would like to I'm, catch up with him before we take off. I'm afraid he left uh, earlier this morning. Ah. Him and uh, the hell's her name? Let me get that up here. The one that's gonna take us to fucking Neverwinter. Yeah. Ever yeah. Enchantress Renatal and him were talking yesterday about the Iron Company. And they're, they're based in, in Luskin. Um, he said he kind of wanted to check them out since it was a shock to him that there were a literal army of him. So he went to go take a look at that. He took a caravan north heading to Mirabar first and then to Luskin, unfortunately. I'm going to pull out the dagger that I have that's Cuddy's and then like crudely just with my hand axe carve in the blade my uh, not the blade but the handle my name and then be like well give this to him when he gets back and tell him when he sees me again I want it back oh most certainly I will do that I'm sorry you didn't get a chance to say goodbye to your friend I'm sure we'll see him again Someday. Well, all that's going through my he head right now, because we keep saying when we see him again, is that scene at the end of Fast and Furious where the one where Paul Walker dies when the cars go off in the other direction. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and now I'm replacing Paul Walker's face with Pat's. And yep. That's you just hear, ah. <laughs> <laughs> Ar Archmage Jiratini 
gets up from his desk. Thank you very much for your assistance with that. Um, I think we'll send a few mages over there. We'll uh, we'll put up a few uh, alarms and arcane markers to alert us if there's any activity in that general area. Um, at that point, we'll probably be able to take care of it. Muldras might be able to actually help us with that if it push comes to shove, but uh, thank you for doing what you can for the werewolves. I, it's greatly appreciated. That's the least we could do. So, well, if you'd like to get some refreshments and uh, meet up with Enchantress Renatel, if you'd mind coming back and, and, and closer to two hours or so, I should be able to be ready for you and, and she can send you on your way. Uh, certainly. If you don't mind, do you mind if I scrounge your archives for the time being? By all means. Thank you. All right, so... so yeah. I'm, I'm just gonna... You what? Friend's gonna follow next into the archive. Oh, boy. Um, I'm just gonna continue my search to see... Uh, I, I'm gonna call back the, uh, the archivist who helped me before, mm-hmm. and I'm gonna go over the papers and scrolls that I had read before regarding the uh, interrogations of the drow captives. Which session was that? That was... 17? 17? Yes. I just want to see if I can find any more um, mentions of Veyron and see if I can get any any more insight into why he lost followers? Okay. Um, so uh, you uh, recognize uh, the person you you met, uh, Jonas Tanner, uh, comes over to you. He goes, "Oh, well, welcome back." Uh, and you explain to him what you're looking for, and he goes, "Well, actually, I haven't uh, put those back yet, so you can go take a look at those again if you if you will." I appreciate that. Oh, it's. Actually, I'm failing rather miserably right now by not putting those away, so uh, thank you for making me feel a little better about that. Well, let's just say you didn't fail to put them away, but knew that I would be back for them. Ah, uh, yes, that's what I'll tell my supervisor for sure, yes. Yes. <laughs> and, he wander- <laughs> and he wanders off. Um, since uh, Thrym is with you, you uh, share with him. Um, it looks like the excerpt that you had read from Battlemaster Vengar Battlehorn the account of the infighting that you had seen with uh, some large beasts. You, you you share that with Thrym at this time. So he's kind of in the know about um, how these wars seem to have gone for them on the surface. Um, and so you only have about uh, an hour and 45 minutes at this point. So roll me. Where did that go? Where did it go? Roll me a history with disadvantage, because you're rushing to try to find stuff in your time period, time limit here. Okay. Yeah. Well, he's doing that. DM. Yeah. Because I've fought in some wars. I've probably seen the infighting, correct? Uh, in, in your experience, you've only fought in squadrons of stone giants. Um, okay. A lot of the houses tend to separate those two groups because um, the stone, stone giants are almost thought of as like shock troopers, 
where they send them in hard and fast versus the male drow are kind of sent in first to kind of like soften up the defenses a little bit, get the troops tired, and then they'd send the stone giants in to kind of bust through the defenses. Um, You've heard of it in the past, especially reading this, like you're getting a little bit of a different perspective. Um, But not to this degree. Like whenever you've been pulled out of battle, it's because your squadrons have done what they needed to do and then were pulled out to preserve you guys for future like assaults. Um, And once or twice in like a lot of different things, like whole armies had been recalled back underground. Um, and you just, you had just been under the oppression, like the, the fight had been won. Um, and now, and now that you know, a lot of it might've been propaganda to keep the spirits high with everyone, where most likely after reading this stuff, the drow must've taken catastrophic losses from their battles on the surface and, you know, battles underground that they have waged war against. And you realize that they probably didn't have their shit together and you guys are lucky to have, like, your squad stay together because it may have saved some lives in the process. So my history check was an 11. Okay. Roll the 10 and a 6, and I have a plus 5. Sure. So you, you, you're you flipping through. You you immediately remember where those parts were where the, with the interviews of the drow. And after reading them again and kind of getting a sense of that, you don't find any more uh, excerpts on that. Um, you just find those same parts and then around those parts in the book, you flip back a little bit, you flip forward a little bit, and then it kind of goes into normal drivel about, um, it goes into like a little bit about taxes and what they did to kind of shore up the defenses and kind of, um, troop formations and, you know, all sorts of different types of jargon. Like it's all just crammed into these books, all the, the, the social aspects, all the, the civil aspects of what they do after a war as if to, to kind of give the reader an example of like, okay, well, yeah, we had this war and then these are things that happened to shore up the defenses and get people feeling good about living in those cities again. But you're, you're kind of, you're kind of reading on that. And especially that last part with, um, let's see the, from, from what you know and what you've gathered, um, that the last one in there, which spoke of the the shades of Veyron, um, how you you kind of how you understand like Thrym's squad to work, where it must have been a small group of very like proficient Drow with like potentially shadow magic, you would assume because of Veyron's affinity for you know slipping in undetected from places that he probably didn't have a lot of followers at that point. And you kind of get the impression between the second and third war that there was a massive decrease in the followers of Veyron. Cause before time period, he lost his followers. Oh, where in that time period? Somewhere within that period. Yes. Yep. And that normally, va- the from the second one, I believe, uh, the son of Loth would work with his mother to help rid the world of light. He claimed his followers were as great as Loth's were, and to fear them more than the Queen of Spiders. 
So as you read that through again, you're kind of wondering if he Veyron actually had a massive, substantial army, and for him now to work in the shadows would preserve his remaining troops. So you get the impression that something, to use the word again, catastrophic happened to Veyron's forces in between those two wars. But there may be stragglers. The there redeemed is proof of that. Yep. So we may need to... I'll, I'll turn to Thrib and be like, this This points to the fact that there may be more than just the redeemed out there in hiding, waiting for Veyron's rise. We may need to find them and gather them. That's... How? I don't know. I honestly don't know how we could go about finding them. We kind of stumbled into the redeemed. I don't know how these people are going to come to the surface unless we start making noise. Yeah, it's Ilganoth, right? Yeah, the, you have the coin attached to, yes. Maybe Ilganoth can give us some pointer. I'm going to take out the coin. Yeah. And just very briefly, do you know where we may find more followers of Veyron in hiding? It takes a little while. It's it's the afternoon for you guys. And from what you know, um, or what you gather, is that most likely a lot of the drow are probably sleeping during the day. Um, so it takes about 25 minutes after you kind of do that. So you kind of, as you're waiting for your response, you're leafing through those portions again and very suddenly as you kind of close the book you get that like you feel like the message is incoming and you hear that disjointed voice in your head sorry what what, what exactly did you say again my bad I had to look back at something I, I asked if he knew where we might find more followers of Aaron spoke to Gromph some moved to cities others lived in wilderness some came back to the Underdark. And that's all you get. They seem to be all over the place, Thrym. They scattered. After he lost his power, they went everywhere. And there were some drow in Neverwinter. There were. There may be some in hiding. He mentioned the wilderness, too, so we may find a few hermits. I imagine there... I, I imagine any former follower of Aeron that still believes is going to be secretive about it until they find the call. Perhaps we should be doing our tasks in a way that perhaps we should be leaving a calling card. Uh, I'm going to look at our, our marks, the marks of the redeemed. Are they at all similar? Um, yes. You guys both have the same like etching, um, yours, Nyx, glows a little bit of dark purple, while Thrym's has a little hint of, like, a dark green to it when you expose them to the natural light. But the symbol's What's the same. The symbol is the same, yes. And let me put a note up to get a symbol for that, because I don't think I did that. Thrym, what if we etched this symbol into the places that we've been? marking the areas where we've made an accomplishment particularly anywhere that we have fought the drow anywhere we have fought back followers of Loth 
Yeah, the battle would at least make some type of noise somewhere. And I could carve it, find a stone, and carve it into his... Perhaps before we go to Neverwinter, we should go back to that battleground. Find a stone, and you can do your carving, and then we'll come back. I know it'll take an extra day, but if we can leave behind a calling card like that, it may spread word to the Underdark as well. Only those that would recognize it, only those that know it would recognize it. It would be spread among the houses. What are the chances that the higher-ups in the houses don't know exactly what that symbol is? They would. They chase the redeemed out of the Underdark. They do know what that symbol is. But they don't know where the redeemed are. The word would spread. They don't know where they are. They don't know where we are. The only thing that they would know is that the rebellion is spreading. Oh, what? I don't think we have to go back. So we give the symbol. Do you think Harkel could do this? Doesn't have to be in a rock. Could be in a tree, side of a cabin. It would give him an excuse to go back and see his girlfriend too. <laughs> we could send him on an errand for us. Saves us time. Because if they're smart and they take our advice, then they're leaving. So it's not gonna. They're not gonna get the bad effects from it being found. Archivist. Oh, yes, yes. And he kind of hustles over to you. What is it you need? Could I bother you for a piece of parchment and a quill and some ink? Of course. And he, he like, whips open his, like, robe and he just digs in there and immediately whips out a quill and some paper for you. Uh, Always come prepared. Thank you very much. I'm done with these scrolls if you'd like to put them away. Oh, yeah, excellent. Yeah, I'll, I'll take care of that right away. I think, uh, I might be having an inspection soon, you see. And he begins to, like, hurriedly, like, put the stuff away. Very prompt of you. Well done. Thank you! And as as soon as he's out of, uh, out of sight, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna look at Thrym's arm, where, at his mark, and copy that onto the parchment. Okay. I have a torch on me. Yeah, I have a torch on me, so I'll light the torch, because it only shows up under natural flame, right? Uh, natural light. So on the oh, surface, yeah, there, there's it's windows in this it, it, big okay. booming windows on the side, and it's kind of beaming in the afternoon sunlight. So it, it's clear as day to you guys. Yeah, so I'll just roll up my sleeve. Yeah, so I'm going to copy the mark onto the onto the parchment and uh, and roll it up as soon as I'm done. We'll be sure we'll uh, let's go find Harkle. Okay, so you guys uh, leave the archive, and you actually see uh, Harkle leaving the Archmage's office, and he he looks a lot more refreshed. It looks like he had time to take like take a shower because his hair's like not a freaking mess like it has been in a while, and it looks like he no longer is suffering from his maladies from the night before, and just oh, immediately oh. like runs over to you guys. Hey, what what are you doing? I was gonna whistle and say, "Here, boy." Um. <laughs> Glad you didn't. I'd rather uh, leave that portion of my past behind, if you don't mind. We have a proposition for you. Oh, yes. What, what do you need? 
without asking questions, I would like you to etch this somewhere near the battlefield where we defeated the drow. And I'm going to hand him the parchment, but I'm not going to let go of it. You know, I'm going to hold it out. Okay, so not let go of it yet. he goes to get it and then realizes you're like holding on to it. Yeah, I'm still holding on to it. This is incredibly important. You cannot let anyone see that you have this on your person. When you're done etching it, burn the parchment. Immediately. All right. I can take care of that. And the way I figure, this gives you an opportunity to go see your girl again. Well, I was, as soon as you guys left, I was probably going to head that way anyway. But yeah, I don't mind doing this for you. It's the least I could do for you guys. Appreciate your help with this. It will be better for all in the long run. Well, I was always gonna, already going to take it seriously, but I'll take it even more seriously now. And you get to tell her that you were sent back on a secret mission. <gasps> and you can't tell her what it was. That is a great idea. Man. You guys have really helped me out. I'm going to lean over to Thrym and just whisper, if he had a tail, I have a feeling I'd really be wagging right now. <laughs> I was like, all right, well, you guys are leaving soon? Yes, we're heading off to Neverwinter. All right, well, you know, come by and uh, and visit. I, I'm still going to be living here for the foreseeable future, so uh, don't be strangers. Are there any particular dog treats you'd like us to pick up in Neverwinter while we're there? <laughs> no, but, you know, I heard they have this thing called peanut butter, though. Uh, if you can bring some of that back, because that stuff tastes amazing. I'm sorry, a dog wants peanut butter and what the fuck, Matt? <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it does, Harkle. I'm sure it tastes amazing. Well, Spunky, we'll see you when we get back. All right. Well, you guys take care. We'll see you around. You uh, make sure you're a good boy. He like rolls his eyes like it's, it's like the worst dad joke he's ever heard in his life. All right. Take it easy. And he like you can see him like take the parchment and like tuck it into his robe. OK. And he kind of walks off of the pep in his step. Should we go check in on the Archmage? See if he's done with that pen. The, uh, the door is open, and you, as you guys get closer to that door, um, smell uh, some sort of floral scent in the air. And you guys have kind of equated that with um, the Enchantress Renatal. Great, she has a smell. I mean, at least it's a pleasant one. Doesn't smell like poopy. Yeah, certainly better than how spunky smelled in that cave. <laughs> who knew dogs could stink that bad when they got wet right that was horrendous do you guys as having this banter uh go in the doors uh open um and you do see enchantress renatal in basic ass clothing you've seen her in the past nothing nothing to denote her ranking within like the hierarchy of this whole place um You've just gotten the impression that she doesn't have time for pleasantries and bullshit and pomp and circumstance. I kind of um, won. So she she's standing there with her hand on her hip and she looks over 
Ah, oh, well. Sounds like we're ready to go. As soon as you're ready, Enchantress. And she looks over at the Archmage. He goes, Nix, come over here. Yeah. Like, here, I... It's not very much, but I, I figured this out. He hands you, like, a basic gold ring. And it's got, look like, a couple little, like, runes etched in it. He goes, I kind of took a little bit of inspiration from that. Uh, this will have two 24-hour charges of that spell I cast on you. Uh, turn me white again? Uh, it, it's, it will mimic the spell I cast last time. It will turn you into a normal-looking surface elf. This could prove useful. If I had a week and a half, I could make it rechargeable, but unfortunately, with the time constraint here, uh, this is the best I could do. That says two 24-hour charges? Yes. Well, I appreciate what you were able to make in such short notice. And it is uh, not a thing you need to attune to, so don't worry about that. I'm just going to call it the Ring of Alter Self. Okay, I like that. That's essentially what that root, that spell does anyway. Yeah, yeah. It's just, this is just going to be specific. Well, she's going to be sending you off there. She'll uh, accompany you through the portal. Um, We were discussing the, the best place to bring you, and, and we discovered uh, that my brother might be the perfect person to patch you onto. Um, he owns a little bit of a a business there, a little inn with some entertainment. Uh, owns a few shops, and he'll be able to help you, push you in the right direction. He, he's a little bit on the high-strung side. Um, so try not to make him fidget too much. I've already uh, messaged with him earlier, letting him know that you all would be uh, accompanying the Enchantress. It's good you've warned him that a drow and a stone giant were coming for him. That yeah. may have ended poorly. About that, Nyx Thrym, you'll discover in, in the bigger cities and the larger ones, you will discover drow. Uh, not as many stone giants, however, but as long as you act civil and don't get your hands dirty in anything that the, the watch or guards or whatever have you there... Uh, would look badly upon. You really won't be given too many odd looks. As he's saying that, I'm giving Thrym a sideways glance like you better fucking behave. <laughs> he goes, very shortly well, after that. that glance, I'm going to take off the pin and put it in the bag of holding so I look like myself again okay. and just give him like a smirk that says maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> it was for for as long as I've ever remembered, there there have always been a, a drow presence. Not large numbers, but you'll occasionally see them. Um, a lot of them still afflicted with you know sensitivity to the sun. You'll see them mostly with hoods up in the middle of the day. But uh, don't worry too too much. I mean, uh, that will help you. But for the most part, you'll. Strangely enough, kind of blend right in, especially in a city as large as Neverwinter. I'm sure we'll be all right. Excellent. Well, Enchantress, they're all yours. Before we go, there's a statue of an owl 
Somewhere oh, outside your town. The the one to the north. Get that thing fixed. But what what's wrong with it? It's horrible. You know okay. what? Maybe get some of the stone giants from the south to help out. I'm okay, sure I can appreciate the business. Okay, I can uh I can look into like, that. It hurt more to look at that than the sun. Oh well. I apologize that that offended you, Mighty Thrym. It's just I don't know. Just some, looking at something that's done that badly in stone just hurt. Well, I suppose in a couple weeks or so we're bound to see someone from Granite Hollow. So, uh yeah, we'll see if we can commission something. Thank you. Ah, my my pleasure, I suppose. And he looks like he's like closing a bunch of his books and everything, and he goes, Well, I'll take my leave, and he kind of like gives a little like bow to the enchantress, and she kind of rolls her eyes a little bit. So if you two will stand right here with me. Of course. And you 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 go and you're you're kind of just standing to her left, Nick's and Nick Thrym, you're on the right. She kind of focuses quietly. Uh, you notice she she you're kind of like watching her in your peripheral just to kind of see like what she's doing in regards to what she can cast for magic. She holds her arms very hot, holds her hands very high in the air, and then she mutters something under her breath that you don't know the language of, and a crack of thunder booms in front of you, and a swirling blue portal just kind of grows from nothing. And she kind of puts her hands on both of your backs and kind of lifts you up for them and just kind of forcefully shoves you in. What the fuck? What? And Thrym, you allow her to push you in? Yeah, because Nyx is in front of me, so. And I have no strength <laughs> to fight that. <laughs> <laughs> so you both, upon touching the portal and you phasing through, you feel this blast of icy cold air and this white blinding light all around you. You can't see anything but the white. And strangely enough, it's not really like racking your brain, Nyx. Um, and then slowly you you the icy cold air stops. You feel no more momentum of stepping forward. And it feels like you've taken like one step into the portal, and the the blinding light begins to fade. And around you, you hear the fluttering of book pages being rustled and you hear creatures some sort of creature squawking and like some metal banging into each other the as your vision comes back there's a, a large wooden desk in front of you with some sort of bird in a cage coming into focus and sitting at that desk behind is with a rather strange grimace on his face a gaunt figure of an elf looks you over kind of just looking up a little bit He's wearing this finery that you have only ever seen from Clinton Mason. Um, this elf is wearing a black coat buttoned up halfway with a fine white shirt with no wrinkles underneath. Um, he stands up curiously and you can see that he's wearing these equally black pants. Um, and he kind of leans over and he goes... Oh, fuck me, you're a drow. Yeah, fuck you, I'm a drow. Oh, Jared said us. 
Yeah, my brother didn't say what uh, species you were. Um, no, no, don't take any offense. It's just haven't really housed one of you here in a while. Um, Enchantress, uh, what sort of rabble have you dragged in today? And the Enchantress looks... This is Nyx, and this is Thrym. They are just passing through, but I'm sure your brother told you to give them the discount if they want to stay a few nights here to help them out. And there's like this, like, bemoaning look on his face. He does not look pleased. Goes, yes, well, if, uh, if Thamior said that was fine, I guess, uh, Big Brother's always right. Isn't that right? And he kind of, like, grimaces. Sorry, Thamior? Yeah, that's that's his name. I am so going to use that against him. Oh, yeah, Thamior Juritan. Everyone uh, calls him the Archmage, but... Yeah, go, go ahead and use that. He actually looks very amused now that you said you were going to do yeah, that. I am absolutely going to call him Thamior. That's oh. awesome. Oh, please do. Please do. And just so you know, I have no problem paying full price for this. I don't need charity. Oh, no, no. As, as long as you promise to use that name, say what, 25 gold for three nights. How about that? That's fine. Excellent, excellent. Oh, I can't wait. Please, be sure to, to tell me what he looks like when you do that. I will commit it to memory just for you. Excellent. And what is your name? Oh, oh, I am Proprietor Juritan. Hmm. What's your first name? Uh, it's, it's Gallandon. Nothing too. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not gonna remember that. I'm just gonna call you Juritan. No. Sure. That's mo most people call me Proprietor Juritan. That's. I'm just sticking with Juritan. And you guys look around this room, and it's so full of art, and just weird decorations are on the room. Like it, it, the, the there's. You guys really wouldn't recognize it, but the walls are almost painted. And it's it's so out of place. Like, you're so used to basic structures that are made out of brick or wood. And occasionally you go into a place and there's like a little fancy, you know, artwork of a hill on a wall. But these are like p portraits of people. And even the, the, the walls themselves have like this beautiful starscape on it. And just by looking at this stuff and seeing the bird on his desk, you're getting the impression that Proprietor Juritan is very well off. And you kind of take a look around the room, and the doors are closed. There's, like, double doors behind you. Um, and he goes, Lokag, Lokag, please come here. And these two doors slam open. And this rather hulking figure, eight feet tall, giant bulging muscles with veins all over comes walking in. He's wearing furs, which strikes you odd, considering how well well fine Proprietor Juritan is dressed. And he has, like, gray skin. But it looks like there's, like, tattoos on one side of his face. And he just kind of grunts. He just looks at you guys and immediately looks at Proprietor Juritan. Uh, as you're looking him over, uh, you do notice a large metal two-handed axe on his back. And proprietor Juritan, oh, Lokag, um, set them up in the red room and uh, get Montgomery to come over and uh, see what they need. Okay? Chop, chop, please. Go along. And Lokag just 
grunts. And he kind of like gives you a follow me hand gesture. Can we tell what race he is? Um, do a... the hell would a local knowledge be? Uh, do a... History check. History, nature, investigate perception. I don't fucking know. <laughs> what do you want, history on that? Yeah, we'll do history on that. Sure. Okay. 16. 20. 16, 20. Both of you, uh, probably, if you had to guess... This is a Goliath. Grim, he's almost your brother. Let's follow. <laughs> so, uh... That, that little shrimp? You just hear a grunt come from in front of you. He's eight feet tall. You're almost eight feet tall. He's <laughs> your size. If, uh, so, so Nix, as you're like comparing them, they they look like Lokag looks a little bit more stocky, and he has like kind of like shorter but more muscular legs and thrim. Um, but they they if they were to do like an arm wrestling match, like it you wouldn't be able to tell who the fuck would win on that. Like thrim has a reach on him. Lokag looks like if he does connect a blow, it's gonna fucking hurt. Name like Lokag, yeah. Lokag. So as Lokag silently walks down the hall in front of you, there's a couple different colored doors all around you. There's a green door, uh, a black door on your left now. Uh, looks like there's an open area that looks like it leads into a tavern. And there's a couple different race people there sitting down and it looks like they're just eating some food. It looks like there's like a stocky dwarf behind the counter. Um, and you guys pass that, and finally to a red door directly in front of you. It looks like it's the end of the hallway. And Lokag opens the door, and then uh, he opens it towards him, and then he just stands there and, like, beckons you in. Thank you for guiding us, Lokag. Lokag grunts singularly at you. Doesn't give you eye contact. I'm so, gonna hold my hand out to him. Like, in a... Shake the hand motion. Lokag looks at the hand and then looks at you. And it just slowly takes his maw of a hand and then goes to shake your hand. I shake his hand and at first, like, the first shake is, like, good to see you. And then I do the whole squeeze to show who has the most power to see uh, what he does back. Alright. So, do a, a strength... Plus your proficiency modifier. Sixteen. Sixteen. So you go to do that, and he uh, responds equally, but very slowly you edge him out a little bit, and you kind of like squeeze on him more. And his eyes go a little wide, and he smiles and then grunts, like a, a loud, like, <clears throat> as he releases your hand. I like him. He like kind of like gives you a nod of respect as you go into the room. Uh, Lokag does not close the door, and he just stands right outside the door. So I'm you guys, gonna turn my back and inspect the room he just led us into. Sure. So this room is lavishly decorated with vases, uh, large beds, even big enough for you, Thrym. 
a giant window that's overlooking a blue sky. But then as you're looking at this blue sky, you're noticing a line. And below the blue sky is like a darker blue. And you're noticing li like little white pieces that are rising and then fading. And you're not entirely sure what that is, but you th it, at first glance, Nix, you think it's some sort of illusional window. Um, there is a desk and loose paper with a quill and ink, a dresser with hangers on the inside of it as you go and open it as you're just kind of looking around. Um, and quite markably, just like that office before, this is more luxury than either of you have ever seen pretty much in your lives. Like, even, like, the most luxurious rooms in the Underdark from, like, you've, we, Nix, you've probably been in, um, Ryland's room before. Uh, you have been in Ryland's room before, and even that is, like, a barren, you know, there's a couple of belongings that belong to her, but, like, this is luxury beyond belief for you guys. Like, this I don't is know like, about you, but this makes me kind of uncomfortable. This is, like, five-star hotel quality. Yes. I mean, it, it looks nice, but what's the point? I mean, at <laughs> least you'll fit in the bed. I mean, that is nice. Like, Thrym, you can, like, stretch the fuck out. Like, you could go fucking full, like, starfish in this bed. It's so fucking huge. Like, okay, everything okay? Just hanging out for a while? <clears throat> do, do you care if I close the door? And as you go as you go to say that, and Lokak doesn't grunt, but as you go closer to the door, you start hearing a shuffle from down the hall. And the I I, I didn't quite give the the hall itself is is made with with like a, a sheer polished stone material. So you start hearing this as like this like very like squirrely looking tiefling come bursts into the room. And as that happens, the door slowly closes from Lokag. And this tiefling has black skin and gray curling horns. Like, it curls over two times. And he's wearing a green robe with very fine chains that are dressed decoratively from his arms and his torso. So as he moves, he kind of makes, like, little tinkles as he, like, walks around. And he looks very nervous. Said, um... I, I'm Mr. Blackstone. Nice to meet you. Hi. Who are you? Uh, Mo Montgomery Blackstone. No, I mean, like, why are you here? Oh, um, Juritan sent me. Which Juritan? Proprietor Juritan. But ah. I don't understand why his brother from Longsaddle would send me here. I don't know you people. We were sent here from Longsaddle. How do I know you weren't, like, following us? Um, well, well that would be some interesting sort of magic. <laughs> anyway, um, have you ever been to Neverwinter before? Oh, this is our first visit. Are you our tour guide? Uh, it's, it's not necessarily, but I was sent here to make sure you guys uh, got what you needed. Thrym is slowly tucking the uh, tiefling's house he has on his belt as, like, trying to hide it into, like, a satchel on his side. Okay. Play mine's under my cloak. <laughs> <laughs> um, he'll give me one second. I never imported it over. Oh, fucking unprepared piece of shit. Yeah. 
I'll be honest, I thought you were about to like introduce Xander's new character and then drop the episode. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> like, did he really go with a tiefling or are we gonna like leave off on an introduction of a new character? Oh my god, that'd be crazy. No, we're not that smart. Alright. Save the image. Save it in a little folder. And I'll bring a copy on over to the Discord for you to see. Always Under a good the... sign when the DM has an image for a character. Always a good sign. No, I already described that motherfucker. Worked worked great for Harkle. Yeah, right. Nearly got him killed. Take a look at that lore tab right there. So what he does is he takes out a parchment and rolls it onto the table that you guys have. And it's uh, like a a rather like colorful drawing of the city. And you can tell someone has like drawn this by hand because you can see some like eraser marks or like marks that he had to like blot out. And the colors are very vivid. Like they used to sort of paint on this. He goes, well, this is the, this is the city right here. Apparently he, larger than anything I'm used to. And he, he points to the, uh, the, the purple building that you see in the bottom left there. It's on the uh, the north side of the road there. Yep. He goes, this is this is where we are right here. Um to the north of the river. That's uh kind of the noble part of town. Um over near the, the circle down the street is where all of the shops are. You've got the uh harbor to the west. Um is there anything in particular you were looking for to do? Uh do you have uh, you mentioned some shops. Are there any uh any sellers of magical means? Oh, yes. Yes, of course. We have uh, all sorts in the city. Um, I would be happy to recommend um, a place if you were interested. What do you have to recommend? Uh, close right to the, the center of that circle is a, a place called The Last Spell. They uh, specialize in um, in kind of tutoring wizards and also uh i believe they sell scrolls there as well last spell huh it's a little ominous you'll you'll tend to notice a lot of the proprietors in the city uh have a, a flair for the dramatic a quick question what's up with your window what mm, the window that faces the west yeah it, it's broken like i see sky on the top half bottom half is I don't know kind of like the sky but it's broken oh uh, oh you could tell he he understands what you were trying to get at oh dear me oh uh, no no that 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 is the that's the ocean it's a titanic body of water if that helps hey through me think they got Dan in there I mean Dan was in a pretty small body of water so I imagine they got a bunch <laughs> of them. Fucking Dan. Hey, Cthulhu Dan will make his return. Oh, hell yeah. Are there any shops for armor and weapons? Um, uh, yes, yes. They have, uh, I would recommend the, the Shining Knight Arms and Armor. Uh, conveniently located right in the, in the circle as well. Quick question again. How's the, uh, how's the guard around here? They pay uh, a lot of attention? What? Uh, usually, uh, 
tend to avoid the uh, eastern side of the city. That's where a lot of the, the riffraff hang out. Uh, there's less of a guard's presence there. So if you were if you were mugged in the street right outside of here, you, you'd have a guard here in 10 seconds at the most. They, they tend to patrol. They tend to patrol this way. Are, are you looking to get into trouble? No, no, not at all. What gave you that idea? Um, well, tend to ask questions about how strict the guards are. Curiosity, I want to know that I'm safe. Oh, yes. You're... I want to know that uh, anybody up to any nefarious deeds, like tricking a salesperson, you know, want to make sure that that kind of thing gets noticed and no one gets away with it. Oh, heavens no. Yeah. The proprietors that I recommend, they have a lot of muscle that kind of loiter around just for that purpose. Good to know. At least I know I will be safe in making my purchases. Oh, very much so. Shining Knight plays. Can they maybe... If I have something to add on to my armor that might do something, would they be able to accommodate me? Uh, possibly. With a a little extra on the top, they might be able to recommend the person to do the job as well. Uh, Good you'll, you'll notice in, in this city, uh, money over everything, to be honest. I know it would help. Let's put some town town and city music on here, boys. But... Yeah, after clipping, I should be able to align it. Speaking <laughs> of money over everything, just out of curiosity, all the things in this room it seems over the top. Like, are they worth a lot of money? Well, this is rather one of the best establishments uh, you could ever hope to stay at. So, uh... Proprietor Juritan has gone all out with uh, the experience, as to say. So this isn't, like, common? like Oh, cause... heavens no, no. Most okay. places down the street are basic inns and half-houses to sleep on a bed of straw. I have a... That makes more sense. I have a question for you. Yes. You seem fairly knowledgeable. How expansive is the Juritan family? Um, as far as I've ever known, it's just the, the two brothers. They seem to have a fair amount of power, influence, connections. Well, on the proprietor's side, he started off as a, a merchant in the uh, ne'er-do-well side and through some rather clever trades and bargains and deals, uh, worked worked it into a rather a little bit of an empire within the city. Uh, so good with negotiation. Uh, yeah, you could say that, yes. Okay. And his, his brother, a uh, little bit more of an outcast, he, uh, from what he told me in one of his uh, drunken nights I get to spend with him occasionally, uh, that his brother exhibited powers at an early age, and they sent him to Longsaddle to train. And over the years, he rose to the, to the top to be an archmage. Good to know. Thank you for the insight. My pleasure. That's what I'm here for. Well then, and, uh, any other questions for me? Any other uh, areas you'd be looking into? How many libraries do you have? Well, we have a, a little bit of a selection ourselves, but it's mostly uh, uh, fiction material. 
No, I'm looking for history. Lore. Ah. The good stuff, I see. In the noble part of town, there is a, a rather large library there, and uh, I've never stepped in it myself, unfortunately. Uh, there's a little bit of a cover fee to get inside, you see. How much of a cover fee? Uh, the last time I tried to go in, it was uh, 500 gold for one month access. That's a bit. That, that's a fair amount of gold. That's what puts me back as well, but you see, so someday I'll I'll decide to go there. They, the, the reason the cover prices, they're the books themselves. They're rare. A lot of uh, I don't want to say forbidden knowledge is located there, but there's a lot of history. They 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 tend to go all out with trying to find these books and bring them into a collection that's unparalleled in any of the cities on the Sword Coast. What if we only wanted like? to be there for a day. Uh, you'd still have to pay 500 gold. That's not Don't a good about it. I have a feeling we'll be in long in uh, Neverwinter for a while. At least two days. Very well. Anything else? Do you know where we might find more people that look like me? You mean the drow? Yeah. Most of the drow that I see uh, actually tend to work over at the, the shipyard right outside of town. At the shipyard? Yeah, they tend to seem to gravitate towards uh, working with the ships and actually sailing, if you believe it. Strange vocation, but I can understand a desire for freedom. Indeed. The open air when you come from caves. There also are some in the... Uh, the eastern side of the city I told you to stay away from. Those ones those ones will soon cut your throat to help you if you were to get mugged. It may be the first I talked to. Oh, uh, dear. If you, if you decide to come back all bloodied up and everything, uh, please warn one of our people at the front so we can help clean you up before you enter the building, okay? Does the Goliath give baths? Um, not that I'm aware of, no. And you kind of hear a chuckle, like a ho ho ho, from outside the door. Well, that's good. I don't necessarily want to be broken while being cleaned. I was going to say, I didn't know I was your type, Nick. You're not my type. I'd just rather not have my bones broken. I think I fixed. Yeah, I did fix that. So our time is running short. Do you have a leaving off point coming up? Uh, I do, yes. So Just so little... you get your sleep for your yeah. early morning thing. Nah, we'll uh, we'll do a little bit of shoppy shop, and then I got something after. Think you can pull that off in thirteen minutes. Uh, if we run it a little bit late, that's fine. Huh? I, have a, I have a I have I have a very good leave off point that'll that'll wet the appetite, if you will. <laughs> wet my appetite, Daddy. <laughs> <laughs> So Mr. Mr. Blackstone uh, folds up the map. Would you like me to make a copy of this? Yes. It would be my pleasure. And he tucks the map away and goes over, opens the door. He walks by, he goes, Lokag, always good to see you. You hear this, like, 
as he walks by. And with that, Lokag closes the door, and you actually hear, like, the thumping of Lokag walking as he walks away. So for you guys, it is, uh, the, the sun is now starting to set. It's it's pretty close to 6.37 o'clock. So the, the shops, the, in your experience with these shops and towns, uh, they are open usually until, like, like 10 or 11 at night. Damn. You'd think in a place without electricity, they'd shut down at dusk. And as you say that, and you look out the window, there are torches everywhere. Like, the, 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 the window you have faces the west, and it is almost, like, overwhelming the amount of torches and what you would assume would be some sort of magical emanation of light coming from, like, the walkway, which the the whole road, as you look out your window, it's to your left, kind of stretching down into, like, the harbor area. And you're noticing it's, like, the most meticulous, organized cobblestone. And it's clean as a whistle. There's no garbage. There's no, like, scum on the sides where, like, water would run down. And it everything still looks as lively as, like, a 10 or 11 a.m., morning at, like, Belliard would be. I think I'm gonna like this town. Look how clean it is. I mean... That matters? We come from filth. That's why I'm asking why that matters. It's it's just a nice change, okay? Okay, that's fair. Look, look at the stone. Appreciate the stone. Oh, I'm already figuring out how to make it. Alright, so you guys gonna go out and make the most of tonight? Gonna try. Alright, so as you uh, exit your room, um, you walk past that area that has, like, the tavern. Um, more people are in there now, and you're noticing uh, quite a few tiefling are in there. You're noticing a couple gnomes, uh, a couple humans, and the only dwarf there is the one behind the counter. Um... So you kind of already identified a place where you can kind of grab some food and, and uh, water real quick. Um, near uh, Proprietor Juritin's door is a spiral staircase that kind of goes down, and there's a door right there. Um, and as you open that door, it brings you out into the city street. And you're noticing, yeah, there's a lot of foot traffic here. A lot of the foot traffic are, like, armored guards. And it, it's... It's kind of reminiscent of how it was in in Tribor, but these guards look jovial and kind of actually like seem to be enjoying themselves rather than that like zombified look a lot of those guards did with the uh, the mind control that Mason had upon them. Um, at this point in in the night, you're, you're noticing not a lot of children are kind of walking the street. There's a, there's a couple of them, but everyone not a lot of people wearing weapons. Which you find odd, because even in all the towns and even Long Saddle, everyone has a dagger or a bow that they're just have strung over. Uh, a lot of the like civilians, you guess you'd call them, don't have weapons at all, and it's very odd to you, both of you. So you guys are headed to the cul-de-sac area. Yeah, Thrim, do you want to? Attempt your little venture first. Sure. All right. So you are going to. So you guys head down the street, um, 
and the cul-de-sac that you're heading into, there's just businesses everywhere. Um, you're, you identify where the last spell is, you identify Shining Knight's arms and armor, um, and one other one that kind of sticks out to you is a place called the Awkward Hourglass Potions and More. That's kind of like cut right, right near the path that would go north. And that one kind of sticks out because like on top of the building is a giant fucking glass hourglass. And sand is actually like pouring down and it looks like it's almost empty. And you're just seeing like sand and it's it's like staggering how large an hourglass is just sitting on top of a fucking building. Um, so you guys find very easily Shining Knight Arms and Armor. And this place is more of a open area and you're noticing there's like a storefront that you can go inside and next to it is this uh half orc in like this workshop area and he's got the bellows and he's got an anvil he's got the little water bucket and he's just fucking going ham on this giant chunk of metal and you don't know what he's making from the glints but as you walk over uh thrim you kind of recognize that he's making some sort of giant fucking hammer and he has the hammerhead, and he's, like, trying to, like, get, like, the angles all right. And then he flips it over with some tongs and starts banging over it again. Um, this massive half-orc, as you get closer to him, has burn marks all over his body. Like, his most of his exposed skin is, like, burn scars. And he is wearing, like, a basic dirty apron over his, like, bare, like, torso. And he, look, he looks up, and he kind of does a double take, and he sees uh, you, Thrym, and he kind of glances for a bit, and he goes, looking to buy something? Yeah. If you said something, it didn't come through. Nope. Possibly. What do you have? Well, he takes the, uh, he takes the hammer and kind of places it off to the side, and he goes, well, come on in. And there's a side door to the entrance of, like, the shop itself. And he goes inside, he takes off his, like, dirty apron and, like, hangs it on a thing. And just all big bare chested with, like, portions that aren't burnt, has, like, curly black hair on his, like, his chest. And he goes over and he kind of leans on the counter a bit. And as he does, you can kind of hear, like, the cracking of, like, you know, if you crack your knuckles. But you hear, like, bones in his body kind of as he, like, leans over. Well, you're looking for basic stuff or... I got a couple special items here. What do you, what do you have for special items? It's good. All that other stuff is fucking for little pussies. And he reaches out behind the counter and he he reaches over and he pulls out a couple different uh pieces of, uh, he pulls out a piece of leather armor and he pulls out a piece of hide armor. Um and he looks at you, Nix. He goes, "I don't forget about you too." And he pulls out this rather uh, fragile-looking robe. And he places it on on top. And you can see it's kind of shimmering a little bit. It's pure black, but it kind of shimmers a little bit with, like, a glint of, like, sparkles of light that don't stick out too much. And that gives you the impression that it's uh, a little bit more special than a basic black robe that he just has behind there. Because what do you want to know about? Well, what are the two sets of armor then? Nope. This right here. This shit's pretty good. This is the kind of leather armor thickness that, you know, you're really looking for if you're going to go into battle against beasts. 
or really anything with claws or talons or even spears. This thing will give you a little bit extra protection against that kind of stuff. How much extra protection? So that is leather armor of thickness. It, it comes basic with 11 plus your dex modifier. Um, and it gives you negative three to piercing damage. So whatever you get hit with, you subtract three from that. And what about the other set? That right there. And you look over and this hide armor actually has like these like portions that go behind the neck of like a very heavy like fur. And you can't quite tell what it is. He goes, oh, right there, that's Frost Wolf. This kind of, it's a little bit thicker. It doesn't really have the issues with the uh, piercing damage, unfortunately, is that. But this will, this is more, a little bit more rugged. And uh, shit, if you ever go up north, I guarantee you, you won't get cold whatsoever. And that is a hide armor of insulation. That gives plus 12 plus your dex modifier and freezing temperatures do not affect you. And how much would that be? The hide armor? Yeah. That'll that'll cost you 650. Well, could I make us possibly if you can or know who could, could I make a slight alteration and I'm going to pull out that tan teethling skin and just say I got this off of a creature that is resistant to fire and I've been curious if it could do anything if I attached it to armor I need you to roll me a deception check yeah in this town they know what a teethling is (laughs) (laughs) 16 16 he looks at that and his eyes go wide. He goes, put that shit away right now. Look, uh, I, you're, you're hill giant, stone giant. I don't really know the difference. I know you guys do things differently out there, but that shit will get you arrested right now. I'm telling you that. Good to know. That question still. St- uh, not anybody reputable. I know you'd have to get someone in some sort of, uh, less than legal shop to potentially look at that. Nothing nothing around here like that. Please don't hide that in your pack a little bit more, okay? Oh, put it in the bag of holding. Okay. <laughs> well, I'll buy this hide armor regardless. Alright. What about you? You interested in that? Want to know about it? Yeah, what can you tell me about it? Like, I got this secondhand from a uh, guy down the street, but this uh, reputable guy, don't worry, as you can see, I run a strict business here. He told me this is the robe of shattered illusions. He, uh, he said if, uh, you know, more or less, if you get attacked with illusion magic, you'd be more apt to resist it. And the meta for that is... Uh, it's a basic robe. It doesn't have any plus ones to AC or anything, but it grants you advantage against illusion magic. To resist illusion magic. Certainly intriguing. What are you asking for it? Uh, 
be honest, I was trying to hopefully just get rid of that for 425. I have a few other things I need to look into, but I'll certainly keep this in mind. Sure. I actually don't really get a lot of magic users here, so this will probably be here next time you come in. Good to know. Alright, so you exchange the 650 for the hide armor of insulation. Yeah. Minusing that now. Uh, what was the uh, frost damage or whatever it did? It I mean, makes it... it so if you're in if you're in like frigid conditions that you would start to get like okay. uh, issues with like uh, exhaustion or something like that that they don't they don't affect you. Got it. What do you so it's not resistance to cold. It's just res- it's not resistance to cold damage. It's resistance to cold environments. Yep. Okay. What's your armor currently, Brim? Uh, just standard leather. Yeah. Because you don't even have, like, a plus AC on that one, right? No. Okay, so that will bring you to... Uh, so, 11, so it's 12, so 18. So 18, cool. One. Nice. Like, well, if you guys don't mind, I gotta get back to the hammer before it uh, cools down more. That's fine, we'll be on our way. You guys seem a uh, little out of town, am I right? You could say that. Alright, just let you know, there's, uh... A clock tower out there. As soon as the the little one reaches the twelve, everything closes. Thanks for the heads up. Yeah, my pleasure. Just keep him in line with whatever the hell he has in there. Uh, that's it's a little creepy, if you ask me. There's no keeping him in line. I wouldn't well, worry about it. Uh, sorry to hear that. Well, have a good one. I'll see you soon. All right, where are you boys going next? I want to check out the potion shop for the hourglass. Sure. <clears throat> so that's kind of that's that's just a, a little walk down the street, and um, you're still having to occasionally like bump elbows with people as there's still a lot of traffic going through, and you're now noticing the big clock tower that he had noticed, and it's it's sort of like like Narbendel, um, with the heat lines that kind of measure time in Menzo Brenzen, but this seems to follow something you're really not familiar with. Um, but like you said, the, the, the little hand is right around like 10.30. You would assume it's between the 10 and 11. So you have a little bit of time to do shopping before everything starts closing up. So you, you get a cl- across the uh, little cul-de-sac-shaped road, and you go into the uh, awkward hourglass, potions and more. And you see a tiefling female who's kind of like like squatting down to like chat with um with like a little human boy and she like hands him what looks like a little piece of candy and like he just wanders off with his mom uh this tiefling has uh has red skin uh with black hair and very short horns uh she is wearing a very colorful flowery dress that goes down her ankles and she looks up at you guys and just smiles very kindly she goes oh what can i do for you today or tonight. Tell me why this place is called the Awkward Hourglass. Um, well, the owner tends to be a little, uh, a little strange if you take a look around. And as you look around, there's, like, potions everywhere. And you have no idea what the fuck are in half of these things. Um, but as you're looking at them, um, you're getting a little bit of, like, a magic aura off of them. And as you look a little bit 
closer. Uh, roll me an Arcana check. 22. 22. About 90% of these potions are illusions. And you see right through it. So what do you have in stock? Well, it's unfortunately the end of the day, but I, I got a couple special things over here. I've got healing potions also, if you're interested in that. Let's start with the special ones. Sure. Um, really, the only thing we have left... And she pulls up a couple... Um, a little, a little vial that swirls with a red, like a, like almost like a campfire red. It's constantly shifting. And then she pulls up another one that looks like a little blizzard is going on inside. She goes, we're really, we're, we're down to our absorption potions currently. I have uh, one for fire and, and one for ice. And what do they run? Um, the, the fire shield, it's, it's a potion of fire shield. Uh, t- typically goes for 60 and the ice ones are a little bit harder to come by those go for 70 and I have uh, I have one of each left I'll take both of them alright so just to let you know um, these give you these aren't typical resistance potions uh, these grant you uh, if you were to get hit with a, a decent amount of damage it would absorb it uh, you wouldn't take any damage from it but after a while you would start taking damage again and the meta with that is by imbibing one of these potions, you have 30 points of fire absorption for one hour and 30 points of ice absorption. So you could take up to 30 points of frost damage or fire damage before more fire damage will actually start hurting you. Is there a time limit? Uh, one hour. Okay. And uh, yeah, fire shield goes for 60 and ice shield goes for 70. Okay, so... I hand her 130 gold. Okay. He goes, what a... What do you have for uh, healing potions? Well, these uh, didn't go as quite as well as the uh, fire and ice shield potions today. And she pulls out... She has four regular healing potions. And she also pulls out a little bit larger uh, looking potion vials. And she goes, well, I have four regular healing potions and I have two greater healing potions for sale. What do your graders go for? Uh, those, uh, I believe I currently, and she looks at a little notepad that she has for fluctuating prices. Uh, these two are going to go for 205 apiece. Hold on, I have to do math. <laughs> 205 apiece for the graders? Yes. How many do you have? Two. Thrim, you want to buy a potion? I'll buy one, you buy one? Sounds like a good idea. All right. Cool. We'll each take one. Okay, and those are greater healing potions, which are 4d4 plus 4. Give me one minute to finish writing things. No problemo. You said that was 205? 205. Fucking math again. 205. And how much do the regular ones go for? Uh, we have four of those, and those will go for 60 apiece. I'll take two of those, too. I'll take Excellent. the other two. Oh, well. It looks like I'm getting out of work a little bit early today for because of you gentlemen. Those are 60 apiece? 60 apiece. 120. Yeah, so that would be if you took an action to take those greater healings. What, 4, 8, 12, 16? That'd be 20 points of health for one of those. 
Yeah, that's more than half of my max, so... <laughs> that's fucking huge. That, that gets me out of one hell of a pinch. Right? So as you, as she, like, kind of, like, hands them off to you very gingerly to make sure, you know, that there's no accidents of them dropping, uh, she, like, starts, like, cleaning the counter. And she she looks kind of expectantly as, as to expect you guys to leave, because it looks like now that she's sold out of everything, she's, like, trying to get out of work. You sure you don't have anything else hiding behind that counter? That, uh, I'm afraid not tonight. I mean, check back in a couple days. We should be getting a, a shipment in overseas. Sure. All right. Um, maybe um, do something about those illusions. It's a little misleading coming in here thinking you've got a bunch of stuff when you I when have you don't. told the owner hundreds of times about those. There's always somebody who's very angry at the end of their shopping trip. I'm not very angry. It's just, you know, a bit misleading. It is, isn't it? I need a new job, I think. We'll be out of your hair now. Oh, you're fine. We'll have a wonderful night. And she says that, though, but she's, like, walking behind you guys, and as soon as that, she just kind of, like, closes the door, locks it, and you can tell lights are starting to kind of fade inside. So you guys look up at the clock, and it's, um, the, the, the crowd has really started to fade now. Um, including the guard presence has really kind of calmed down as well. Um, and you look up at the clock and it looks like it's a little past 11 now. You guys had spent a decent amount of time inside the awkward hourglass. You, Grim, do you want to try the, uh, the scroll shop or do we want to save that for tomorrow? It looks like, it looks like you, you can see the last spell. Uh, from where you are, it's kind of like ahead of you guys, and it looks like the lights are still on, the doors are open. Uh, I'll leave that up to you, because it's not really my type of thing. Okay, I'm too excited. Let's go. <laughs> so, you see you see Nick's kind of, like, hustle over inside, and as you go in, um, you start to hear whistles. As you like walk through the threshold, and as soon as Thrym does, more whistles come up. It's like one of those ding ding inside of this shop. And as you go in, these bright lights like inundate you, and an old gnome rushes up to you in a bright gold jacket. He goes, Come in, come in, let's go, alright! I sell you things, let's go. And he like he like grabs your arm and yanks you over. He's you look like a wizard. Sure, let's go with that. Why we have wizard spells here? Okay. It's, what have what, you got? Uh, we got uh, we got over here. We got grease. We got alarm. We got hideous laughter. We got comprehend languages. We have sea invisibility, and uh, we have a slow over there too. Let me take a look at that slow. Wait a minute. He like looks at you, and then he like puts a hand up to you. Oh, you're, you're not a wizard. How can? Uh, what do you mean? Uh, old old Whistletop knows. I'm sorry, Whistletop. Whistletop. Nice. <laughs> no 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 no. This this wouldn't even work on you. That'd be a waste of your money. You're looking. Oh no 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 no. You're you're a sorcerer, aren't you? I'm something. Fantastic! Come on over here. Take a look. And he brings you over to another area with like scrolls that are like kind of in, like, these little holes that they're just kind of, like, resting in. 
He goes, right over here, we got... Uh, we have a little bit less of a thing, but we have, uh... We have, uh, it looks like a seeming and a silent image. Enlarge and reduce. Polymorph. Tongues. And blindness and deafness. Well, what do you want to buy? Let's buy some things! Slow down, you crazy little man. What do you have, if anything, for... Cleric magic. Oh, cleric. Oh, no, I don't deal with cleric magic, unfortunately. It's a little bit uh, too pricey for me, if you know. Nothing's too pricey. Not if it's for the right reasons. All right, all right. Yeah. You going to be in the city long? I'll be around for a while. Well, I'll tell you what. I, I, I have a contact over at the uh, couple of the churches over there. Let me see what I can do. Just make sure you come back. Ask for, ask for Curly. Curly Whistletop. Oh my god. Did you have to name him after pubes? <laughs> yep. Come on, dude. <laughs> Certainly. I, I'll i be sure to return in the next day or two. Wait, so... Don't want to don't look at any of these? What are you asking for the polymorph spell? Oh, that. That's a... Uh, that's a pretty advanced one. That's a... If I recall correctly, that's a fourth level spell. Uh, that one... That scroll will go for 550. Alright. Yeah, I, I'll return tomorrow. Okay, I'll be here. Curly Whistletop, that's where you be my name. Of course. I'll... Wait a minute. And he looks over. Oh, you just hit shit, don't you? Yeah, sometimes. Wait. Wait. And he, like, holds his hand up. N he looks at Nyx. No. Yes. It's no. weird. No. It's he very strange. He trained as a wizard. Ah, uh, trained is a strong word. Hey, hey, hey you! What, what do you think? You want to buy? Huh? Huh? Wizard spells, right here. Over the wizard ones again. Great! And he like he like grabs your like, like like dangling like, whatever's like dangling from like your like belt and yanks you over. He goes. He brings you over to the same spot he had Nick's at. He's like, "We got grease. We got alarm. We got hideous laughter. Comprehend languages. See invisibility and slow." Uh, let me think about it. We're coming back tomorrow, so. And he kind of like deflates a little bit. Early. Yes. What are you asking for the slow spell? Oh, that's that one's a. Uh, that's a third level wizard spell. That uh. That'll go for a uh, 275. We're trying to get rid of that. Yeah, why don't you why don't you give me that one? Hey, All right, uh, it yeah. is a sorcerer spell. Fuck you, it is, isn't it? Yeah, it is. <laughs> it's both. I must have put that in the wrong package then. Well, no, both of you. Oh, you're looking for that, huh? It could prove useful in the future. I might use right. it on you. Ah, uh, don't no, don't do that to me. Uh, I'll probably die, huh? Uh, you know what? You might. All right, yeah, 275, it's all yours. And here's your money. Hey! He just takes the gold, he's like looking at it all greedily. And he, he has a small pouch, and he just like pulls it, and you could tell it's a bag of holding, and he opens it up and just dumps all the quings in. And you're noticing like a bright light is coming from inside that bag. What, uh, what do you got hiding in that, in that bag? That's, uh, that's where... Money. That's yeah, it's just that's it. That's the gold. It's all the thing that goes in there. The only thing worth keeping in there. Gold doesn't glow like that. Uh, 
when you have as much as me, Curly Whistletop, you do. He like winks. Yeah, maybe yeah. don't announce that to strangers. What? Can I see? Try and tell if he's lying. Uh, yeah, do an insight check. Maybe I know. What is insight? Huh. Straight up, fourteen. Fourteen. Uh, you're with with watching how Curly was with Nyx before. You can tell this guy thrives on like the showmanship of what he does. And you get the impression it's more of a glamour. Like it's something he's like causing whenever he opens it up to give the impression there's there's more gold in there than it really is. Cause he wants to he wants to flaunt his um his status. So yeah, maybe don't announce that to strangers. Oh, I'm you worried I'm gonna get mugged around here? Haha, <laughs> never. Very confident. That's all I got go. on that. And as you go to turn around, uh, Nyx, um, you bump into something that you can't see. What the hell is that? And you just hear right in front of you, I'm the reason he doesn't get mugged. And Curly kind of like, like chuckles wholeheartedly. Oh, get out of his way, Brute. Get out of his way. He's fine. Oh, good to know that you're well protected, Curly. Uh, only the best for Curly Whistletop. Apparently so. I'm sure we'll be seeing you again. Oh, excellent, excellent. Come wanting more, I'll bring more. So, we'll... I'll step around where I felt the invisible brute. Okay. <laughs> and walk out. I'll just be right on his head, like always. Alright, so if you guys take a look at that map of Neverwinter again... Um... You'll notice in the center, in the center of this cul-de-sac, uh, you guys, it, it's where the clock tower is. And underneath the clock tower is like this like mini plaza. And as you leave Curly's shop, you hear the doors close behind you. Um, and the lights start to fade inside there as well. And the, the, the chiming starts beginning. These loud bong, bong. And you're noticing like it's pretty much empty out in this circular area now. Um... And a lot of the lights are starting to fade. Like, a lot of the street lights are slowly starting to fade. Um, you guys are to the south. Um, that little building on the left-hand side, like, there's, like, the big uh, tan-looking building. And to the left of that, I wish I would have circled it on just on a fucking roll 20, but we'll figure that out later. But, so you guys are on the southern end. That's where the last spell is. Um, and as you guys, um, you guys are presumably making your way back now. Yeah. So as you guys are, are leaving the last spell, there doesn't seem to be any guards in the area. But as you kind of cross, there's a road to your left that kind of goes into like a forest area. And uh, I need you guys to roll me a perception check. I see everything. Natural 20. <laughs> Natural 20. Um. Uh... 16. 16. And what does that bring you guys up to? Uh, what's your natural 20 bring you up to, Thrim? 24. Nice. Okay. And you got a 16? Yeah. Okay. 
Uh, Thrym, with your height, this is the main difference between what you saw and what Nick saw. But as you kind of like look down the road, you know, you're, you're used to kind of looking both ways before crossing because of, you know, carts and shit or speeding horses. Uh, you're noticing in the foresty area, uh, you're noticing flames are actually licking some of the tops of the trees in that general area. And it Nick. looks like they're beginning to grow. And uh, Nick, you're noticing that area doesn't have a lot of like the streetlight areas or the streetlights on the side. But you're noticing a red glow is coming from that forest area. Nick, do you see the fire over there? I, I see a glow. Yeah, that's Should a we... fire. Should we check in on that or let the multitudes of guards deal with it? As you ask that, you actually see um, a couple like peasant looking people running in your direction with like fear in their eyes. I think we should probably check. Yeah, that seems like our cue. Let's go. <laughs> All right. So as you guys. Nick's always bothered. So as you guys get closer, you're starting to smell uh, like burning wood. Like it's definitely some sort of fire that's growing. Um, as you guys are getting closer now, um, there's no guards in the area um, until you get closer. And now that you're able to kind of peer into the forest, a road kind of runs perpendicular to it um, off to the side. Um, it looks like it's like a little rest area. It looks like there's some benches in there. It looks like a, a small little park. And over near one of the benches closer to you, it looks like a dead guard is laying there in like blood and armor is all bloodied. And um, you you could swear, you swear it through the trees. You see a robed figure is kind of walking somewhere in there. It, it becomes very dense as you kind of go in. This music's well, really set in that fucking scene, isn't it? Oh, yeah, it really is fucking. There we go. All right, Thrym, should we go say hi to whoever's setting the town on fire? Yeah, let's go see you As you go uh, closer to that guard, you're noticing that looks like the guard is, like, smoking. And as you kind of, like, uh, go a little bit closer, can you guys roll me some stealth checky checks? Oh, God. Six. Okay. Six. Six, two? No, 15. Oh, 15. Okay, so uh, Thrym kind of gets into a little bit of a sneaky mode while well, Nyx isn't entirely sure yet, so he's just walking normal. As you guys get closer to the guard, his faceplate is open, and it looks like he's boiling from the inside. Like, the, the face is, like, melted to the point where you can see the bone of the nose is starting to show up. Uh, this guard is definitely dead, and you start hearing, like, chanting coming uh, from around a very large tree that's kind of blocking your view. I'm casting mage armor like right now. Okay. Like as soon as I saw that guard's face, I'm putting it up. Want to keep going or find I, the guards? I, I, well, it would appear the guards are useless against this. I don't think we have a choice. That's all right, let's go. So there's a, a pretty large tree in front of you. So are you, what are you guys going to? You, the 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 light is flickering immensely from beyond this tree. Like whatever fire is happening, seems to be right on the other side of this tree. And uh, you now are starting to hear uh, muttering. Um, what are your languages again, Nick? I know. 
Elven, Common, Undercommon, and Abyssal. Okay, and Thrym? Uh, Elven, Common, Yachtman, and Undercommon. Okay, uh, you don't recognize the language, but this chanting is getting louder and louder. And before you guys can peek around, you feel this immense heat suddenly radiate in the entire area around you. Some of the trees just spontaneously burst into flame. I am going to try... I'm going to try to not let the flame overtake me, peek around a tree, and cast darkness at the center of the flame. Okay. Um, keep that in mind. So as Nyx, you turn around, you or turn around the tree, I'll, I'll have you hold that, because uh, this will be the end of our session. But as you peek around that corner, you see three robed figures kind of doing some strange like moving around and you notice this being of living fire in the center of this giant pillar of flame now reaching up into the sky and that is where we will leave our session